Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, the immense pleasure of sitting down with Bitcoin Core contributor Antoine Riar. We sat down <coughs> in person, first in-person interview in quite some time. Very special uh, interview for me because it was good to get back in the studio and be able to see somebody's face while I'm interviewing them. Get some social cues, drink some wine. Uh, very, very fun episode, a long one, long rep, three hours, I think you guys are going to like it, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at the Cash App, you freaks already know all about them, they're helping you stack sats, they're helping you send sats, they're helping you receive sats, uh, letting you sell sats, if you so please, and on top of that, they're allowing you to make sats the standard, you're not stacking fractions of bitcoins anymore, you're stacking whole sats, mentally, it's a lot, a lot more pleasing that way, in my opinion, uh, on top of that, they have Cash App Investing, if you want to Stacks delivers the stonks. You can do that on the Cash App. Uh, if your favorite stonk is a little too expensive, you can buy as little as $1. Because it's connected directly to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting period. You can start stacking sats today. And guess what? Cash App may even be your bank account. They're allowing individuals uh, to direct deposit into the app. You get accounting numbers, routing numbers, and you can use the Cash App as your bank if you so please. Uh, Cash App Investing is a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. As always, make sure you use the code StackingSats. That's one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse in Chicago. That's Owls Lacrosse, not Al, not that dirtbag Al with some weird issues. Owls Lacrosse. Woo! Download the Cash App. Use the code stacking sats. Enjoy this episode with Antoine. It was a pleasure sitting down with him. I wish him well on his journey back to France. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Ben here. This is a very special Thursday night. This is the first live interview, in-person interview, not live, in-person uh, it's making me feel alive. I'm not looking at somebody through a, a computer screen. I can know for sure that this person exists and is not. Uh, I'm not getting a, a a AI version of of somebody on the other line here. I'm sitting down with Bitcoin Core contributor Antoine Riar. Antoine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Marty. Thanks. Thank you for coming and have wine with me. Uh, throughout all this, I've uh, like I said, been interviewing people over Zoom. Sorry to say that. Uh, Conversations recorded, so it's going to be put public anyway. So I don't mind using Zoom for that, but I, I do think them censoring Chinese activists—that's another conversation for another day. Uh, looking for other software. Yeah. So my Bitcoin friends are going to mock me right now because I've been like pretty uh, had pretty demanding privacy concerns, but I made a mistake towards someone this past month, and this is part of my excuses so yeah what's enjoying being here what's the mistake this uh this person knows okay it's between you and that person 
maybe we'll find out one day. What the hell's going on? We met, you said over a year ago. I can't believe it's been a year since we first met at BitDevs almost a year ago. And then we had uh, beers after BitDevs. Very passionate conversation. It was you, um, Fabian, Yar, Elikai. Elikai was there for sure. Yeah. Uh, we were sitting at a table talking about what you guys were going to embark on. Uh, starting your chain code residency. Yeah, I, I mean, the residency was just started. Uh, I think personally, it was my third day in New York. I just arrived morning of 12th June last year and directly getting started in the residency and getting the flow, meeting everyone, uh, switching to an English context. And uh, first day was just introduction for us and we, we started hard, like we started hard uh, first day was math on the Bitcoin ecosystem, Bitcoin history. And in the afternoon, if I remember correctly, it was like Ethan Inman on like Eclipse attacks and this kind of stuff. And the third day, uh, our Bit Dave uh, day uh, was Suas on peer to peer and Julia Fenty on privacy on the peer to peer layer. And we had like this awesome beat there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember Peter Wool was there. Sippa was there. No, not this one. Not that one? No, no. It was for the. Uh, oh, that was number 100. Exactly. That yeah. Was, that was Socratic meetup number 100. Getting the mixed up. Yeah. And like. I miss and yeah. It was like quite like. It was a blast. My, my first beat dev, I really remember like you arrive in New York and you enter into this room and you have like 200 people. It was really crowded. Like the first one, like last summer, there were a lot of people. And you have like um, few uh, Bitcoin protocol developers, uh, more than five, like more than you can count in your hand. And you have like really intense debate for two hours and people got, I mean, sharing knowledge. And it's, it's really like, it was really special for us like, to start the residency like this. It's always a magical feeling at BitDevs. Um, I miss it terribly, and I'm going to miss it uh, when I when I leave New York. But I'll come up for some more BitDevs uh, throughout the years. So, what was the you you came from France? Uh, what was what was that yes. culture shock like from oh. a, from a Bitcoin <laughs> community perspective, and then from a France to New York perspective? Ah, okay. So you you were explaining well, that, that there's probably like 20 Bitcoiners in France or Paris. No, I, I mean I mean we are the awesome community. Uh, I haven't seen most of them since a while now because I've been in New York. Uh, but it's, it's really like, it's really more like friendly one. Uh, people are more hanging out together, but not that much technical. We don't have like, they used to have technical presentation. We don't have anymore. Uh, we don't have like big dev where you have like people gathering links and going systematically through every link and trying to engage conversation and trying to make people think about it and trying to prevent people doing mistakes with hardware wallets. And, and yeah, I think like that much people interested in really deep technical, technical stuff. Yeah, it's right. Like I do love those dinner meetups where you're just shooting the shit, getting cosmic about the future of Bitcoin, but BitDevs is special in that. You really dive into the technical details. You, you don't understand. You don't understand Bitcoin if you have never been to one BitDev instance. Like, and it can be the New York one, but I've been lucky. I think I've done BitDev on three continents. Oh, really? What oh. other uh, what other BitDevs have you been to? Okay, I, I've done one in London. 
Um, I think my best one was in Tel Aviv. Okay. <laughs> for scaling Bitcoin last year. <laughs> Who, uh, Michael Folkson runs London Crowds. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. And then, is Udi running Tel Aviv or her? no? Tel Aviv was a special one uh, for scaling Bitcoin okay. last year. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really good. Like, we were like in the embassy, Bitcoin embassy there. It was too much crowded, but it was a good one. Like three hours one, and we had like, John was really good. It, it was really good, like they say. John Newberry was leading it? Yeah, John yeah. Newberry. Shout out to John Newberry. John, I miss you if you're listening. <laughs> so what, uh, speaking of John Newberry, legend, speaking of John New Le- Newberry, legend at Chaincode Labs, what's your residency been like? What, what okay, has it been uh, like since that first week? That okay, the, the first week. Uh, you don't have to go week by week, but. I can, I can, I think I, I can quote from memory. I can quote from memory every day of the third, I mean, the first three weeks of the memory uh, of the residency. Uh, because each day was like, you know, each day we are like different presentation, different topics. So I, th- I talked about the first three of them. The fourth one was Eddie Kai on double spend attacks and us doing presentation for the other races. Uh, the second week of the residency was mostly digging into Bitcoin Core uh, with the help of John, actually, and, and going through the wallet, going through, through the different security model of Bitcoin Core, uh, going through um, uh, the validation engine, going through us uh, doing more presentation on the BIPs, on, and, you, and you learn about really weird stuff. Uh, you, you learn, like, I think one of my, uh, I mean, we had this presentation by Eddie Kai on Opver. And I'm not sure if you know about Opver. Opver? It's an opcode in Bitcoin script. V-E-R? Yeah. 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 And so it was pushing the version of the software directly on the stack. Hmm. Yeah. So Is that like an auto update or? Uh, 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 like this opcode was letting you fork. Like, uh, like. If you use this opcode between different versions, you will uh, just fork the network. It'd be like a branch. Exactly. Branch. And it was like this kind of wrongdoing of Satoshi design. It, it was like uh, disabled in 2010 or something like this. But it was really good doing, like, doing this kind of... Can you find it in here? Oh, uh, maybe. It's <laughs> okay. So I never seen this book. This book is Bitcoin v0.01 alpha wow i mean there is really a book about that yeah there's a book shout out to uh copyright copyrights <laughs> satoshi nakamoto <laughs> i just put copyright up. i mean no, it's I not open it's, source i think it's, it's, not, it's not creative commons or like uh, okay i imagine it. it might be okay that's well okay if they're up there up there okay i can't find it it's uh, let me find it. Yes, it is. It's here. You just turned two pages and found it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the left one. So it's up, not, up, ver, up, if. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah, not, up, if. Up, ver. Up, ver, if. Yeah. So how does it differ from up, ver, if? I think it was doing the same, but doing some kind of control flow. Like, if... if I don't know. I, I don't read. I haven't read this opcode, but I think he was doing something like if version is something branch left or branch right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it was the second week of the residency was uh, beacon core, like beacon core controls. So, uh, is that verb been deprecated? Obvious was. Has it been like 
Well, taken out of the code base? <laughs> I hope so, because if not, <laughs> if not, I mean, I can fork the network like tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope it's out. Yeah, I haven't checked. <laughs> well, um, and the third week was, okay, I think it was the first in-person training of lightning developer in the world for the first time of history. Like, so, and it was really like, uh, really cool because we had like uh, Christian Deckard, uh, Rene Picard, uh, we had Fabrice Durin from Async, and we had Alex Bosworth from Lightning Labs, and we had, um, we were lucky, and we were lucky to have Taj, uh, Taj doing some Lightning stuff. Back to Lightning. Taj Raja? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, we'll get to that later in our conversation, but I want to talk about discrete log contracts at some point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and that was like our uh, three weeks of training. The lightning one was still experimental because people are just doing presentations on, on stuff they released like a week ago on the main list or two weeks ago. And it wasn't spec art at all. So a lot of, you know, not unwaving, but just giving you the high level I ideas. And three weeks of formation, education, deep education. And when you are done with this, uh, you start the coding part. You start like the project part, which was completely different, but awesome too. And you're thinking about what you're going to work on to this three-week period, right? Or do you come in knowing? So, sorry? Do you come in to the whole residency knowing what you're going to work on after that three-week period? Or do you sort of figure it out after oh, getting um, acquainted with the... Okay. I used to work already on... Uh, when I started the residency, I was working on Rust Lightning since 10 months, months. Uh, and I was working on Bitcoin Core already before the residency, just getting started at that point. So I think I split my residency between bouncing back between Rust Lightning and Bitcoin Core. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, did you know that going in though, or did you just decide like a couple weeks in, like here's what I want to focus on? I, I, I already know that I already like big uh, Rust Lightning pure painting before starting the coding uh, station. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, just willingly to get them merged. We got them merged with Mott. It was like, okay, it would be interesting to speak about this after, but it was like really experimental stuff on dynamic fee bumping, which is for Lightning really important. Mm -hmm. and, and then I started to do like uh, in-depth uh, refactoring of the wallet and the node interactions. And like, I'm not sure if people are really aware of um, the historical and um, like how much bloated was the code base. Yeah, it's, we've talked about it on this show before, but to refresh your freak's memories in Bitcoin Core, uh, at least we we're fixing a lot of things that Satoshi sort of didn't think through in the design too well, whatever. And one part being that the, the node and the wallet are sort of connected. It's hard to develop on one section uh, because the other sort of entangles. Yeah, I, I mean, like, the code path of the... I mean, if you, if you take the code from 2010 or 2011, the, the code path of, you know, like, marking an output for spending or something like this mm -hmm. and validation were just, like, the same. Like, the lines were just following each other. And part of my work there were just like splitting the locking between the wallet and and the main port. And it was like, it was there since Satoshi. And so, and getting there, like, I started to, I started doing it um, July last year. And 
my main PR on this was merge in April of this year. So it, it took me like 280 days, something like this. That's pretty crazy, nine months on this. Yeah. yeah. And you've been working on this with Russ Yanofsky pretty closely? For? With Russ Yanofsky? Yeah, yeah, and Russ helped me a lot. Like, I, I mean, uh, it has been like, he was working already on multiprocess, and I, I just like, um, he has a bunch of, okay, I started to work on this part of the code base, of Bitcoin Core code base, because, you know, I was working on rest lining and at some point I was, you know what, I'm going to take the rest lining implementation and I'm going to plug the back end of Bitcoin Core. And I was naive because there is like no search ready to plug <laughs> Bitcoin Core back end. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like let's, let's try if I can clean, clean a bit. Like let's try if I can like, you know, there is, I, I knew about the multi-process uh, work and I just like start to solve to do in the code base and trying to you know, like I have in mind, like what should be the backend for Lightning nodes, and how it should be easy to plug it to Bitcoin Core. It's it's not it's not something. It's still today, it's not something. But it was it was learning a lot, like trying to push him forward and uh, on this side, and yeah, Ross helped a lot. Uh, and multiprocess is going forward. It's going forward. Like uh, like there is currently one one of the big last peer on multiprocess has been open like two weeks ago by grass. Oh, really? Yeah. And this is like sort of the... The build system part has been merged. Uh, the entire process, like the one I was mentioning, the entire process one. Let, let you actually talk between your GUI and, and the, the Bitcoin <laughs> node. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You don't want to talk about it because you, you haven't been in the GUI too much, but the GUI just got its own GitHub page, correct, Marcos? Uh, I think it merged. I think it's still a proposal right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so we had like this talk on uh, IRC uh, two weeks ago, and people at that point are like, just, you know, it's, it's, it's starting to be a big uh, open source project. And how do you like cognitively scale like a process of a project of this size? And, you know, like, Mainers like they have to uh, they have at least to be sure that each peer are not going to touch you know like GUI change are not going to touch validation ones and even if in the name of the peer you have like you know this is a GUI peer you have to check like you have to check the files you have to check like and like being able like uh, it's going to it's really likely it's going to stay in the same tree but being on the separate GitHub project will let people like maybe people who are people who are willingly to contribute on the GUI, it would be like less daunting for them to make a change without touching like without Yeah, it's like a staging ground. Yeah, staging ground. It, it we'll see like it, it can be worse uh, because the GUI is not that much I I don't know that much people who are actively working on the GUI. There is few of them and it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's trying like tr trying to have a Bitcoin Core more modular. Uh, multiprocess is part of it. Refactoring the interface between components is part of it. Uh, getting the GUI on its own repo is part of it. Yeah, it's. So for uh, a dumb non-technical pleb like me, <laughs> the way I understand a GUI, the graphic user interface, graphical user interface, whatever it is, it's just is it just UX UI on top of 
the the protocol just pulling data and displaying it is like is it is it that too simplistic well uh like like you said um there is a GUI between core there's a lot of people using it i'm not one of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't i don't want to bring it up and call you out but you, you did it yourself <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to know the user's experience Okay. Um, Download the GUI tonight. No, no, the GUI is part of the code base by default. But you, you, you don't use it. You know what? I will tell you like a little secret. There is like compiling flag to disable the GUI. So I don't have to compile the GUI when I'm running EpiConcore. There's a combining what? A compiler's flag. Oh, compiler's file. So yeah. you just go from compile. Yeah. And you don't, yeah. I mean, you just sudo whatever. No, yeah. Something like this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and but yeah, I mean residency. I spent um, I spent digging into the wallet. I spent like le learning about the code base, uh, learning about Beacon Core review process. Uh, it, it's it's quite like it, it's really like something which is really apart. I think uh, as an open source project, uh, the review process. It's something like really like resource, uh, really heavy. Uh, and w when PR are starting to touch uh, critical parts of the code base, you have like a lot of people caring about it. You have ABLES on it, like, and it's going to go like through multiple rounds. You know, like people are going to, okay, at the high level, do we need to, to do we need to do this change? Like, you know, is this worthy to burn like Maybe one thousand hours of people hours, uh, yeah. That's but one thousand hours of people bandwidth. Yeah. And I even if it sounds like it can be an improvement, you have at some point to you know like wait be wait between. And then you get into the whole again game theoretical opportunity cost discussion of how long should we discuss this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then like, like <laughs> well, okay, I, 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 I'm not sent. I've not seen yet um, economic studies of people reverse times and how m maybe maybe we can came up with some kind of stochastic process, you know, like randomly picking up pure and like assigning people to it. Maybe it can work, uh, but you know, it, it can be like some kind of weird cocktails doing this. And I'm not good good at picking up cocktails, so I'm not like, yeah. So you like to start fresh? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, so Bitcoin Core review process, it's. You start by the R level, and then you start the carding part. And I think that's, um, that's something like, if you're doing a lot of review, and I, I like reviewing personally, so like asking you, what's your review methodology? You know, like close your laptop, take a pen, take a paper, and write down wh what's your review methodology? You know, like I do I open the code first, and like read the code like dumb, dumbly or like mechanically, uh, doing a first pass, or like, I'm going to try maybe the description of the PR by a, by its author. Uh, if we are implementing a beep, maybe I should read the beep first. Is, is the beep going to match the codes? Is the beep like descriptive enough? You know, and that's something you, you can't. Uh, that's something we always improving at. Uh, that's something we should. with uh, always ways to do it better. Uh, and the great thing now, like people, 
we start to be like more explicit about it. Uh, the Bitcoin Core Review PR Club is just doing an awesome work here. And this happens at IRC, right? Yeah, it's on IRC uh, every Wednesday uh, in the morning, 1 p.m. in New York time. Yeah, it's like 1 p.m. around here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's awesome because you have like people like just go through some PR, explain what markers to look there. I mean, should we, if it's something which is heavy cryptographically, like is it making sense? Is the, is the algorithm correct? Um, is there a way to improve performance with the better data structures? Um, is this documentation good enough? Is it describing good enough for the future uh, reviewers, uh, for the future people who are going to use the part of the Unborn reviewers at some point. Unborning, like, it's onboard reviewers. It's doing an awesome uh, work at onboarding reviewers. And honestly, if you learn something working on core, the bottleneck is not writing code because writing code is okay. You know what I mean? Like even C++, that's okay. Uh, it's re review, right? Attracting people and being sure that people are going to be, being sure like we are doing reviews in a short span of time and being sure that, you know, you're not like going to let three months between two reviews on it because you have to get back to the whole conversation and like. Yeah, because it's, it's all, it's all a very moving target, right? Because there's reviews going yeah. on another part yeah. of the code. And so, so, so being a chain code for the residency, I had like, awesome it, it was really uh it was an awesome opportunity getting faster and learning faster about the review process and i think at the end of the year i was starting to get into the loop mm -hmm. the reviews loop yeah so it was a uh, three months uh, last summer has it been worth that uh that time investment to, to learn the process uh, the residency yeah i i don't see how it could have been like uh we can like I think it was the first time uh, the residency was so long, but there was no better way of getting Bitcoin protocol development. And I, I've been like, it has been an awesome opportunity, and I'm really like um, thankful towards John and Jonas who have organized and sweat numbers of hours on it and make things really, really good for us to, to just do good card. Right? Good, good. Two legends, two legends of the game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, they're great. They're great. Well, before we hop on like your work, I want to stick on the review process here. Like, and you were mentioning like, get out the pen and paper and tell me how you review. So, yep. what are the different ways in which people like? Do some people like just run the code and see how okay. it runs? And few few ins first. You should ask yourself: Is this a documentation pure? Is this a refactoring pure? Is this pure implementing a new BIP like the Taproot one or like LA? If this PR, um, and there is like a second matrix to run, if what, what's the risk of missing up this PR? Like if, if we fucked up the review process of this PR, what can break? You know, if, are we going to just break the GUI? Are we going to break the wallet? Are people may misuse the normal PC and overpay fees or something like this? Or are we touching like the core validation engine? Are we doing some kind of removing some assume UTXO pure, which is doing complex refactoring? And we should be like really careful. Or are we touching like some bits and like, you know, enca enca 
start encapsulating structures in the peer-to-peer -peer stack. And like, and depends on this. You, you should allocate yourself times, you know? Like documentation, you're going to spend less time for sure. And, and you know, in an ideal, ideal world, you, you, you will spend infinite time on removing, right? Yeah. Because you Never will ended. always come up with new new ways and new way to do it better and like we, we don't live in that world, you know, we have time constraint. And reviewer exhaustion after multiple of after multiple runs is something we should think about it. Be cognizant of. Yeah, yeah. 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 You have to at some at some point we have to move like do incremental steps to move forward. Yeah, and that's I mean and then even like after the review process, like the conversation about like it's not ending after the review process. No. You know, like yeah. Okay, I'm spending. I'm spending like, and I, I think everyone in Chorus has done this at at some point. But reading huge parts of the code base and thinking how you, this could break. You know, like at some point I was trying to dos like buffers. Like if I send you a lot of blocks, is the buffer going to explode and crash the nodes? And I was like... The buffer? Th buffers? Like data buffers? Or da yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and all of them in course are like, you know, like, well well done. You know, you, you see that people have thought Don't about it this. before you. Right? Yeah. And, you. And you see like the level of thoughts and the amount of time people are spending on getting right. The critical part is just mind-blowing. Well, it's, it's got to be, right? Like, you, you yeah. hope if you're using this network that that type of thought's yeah. going into it. It's like, sure. thank you for reviewing it. That's, and that's like somebody... I mean, I'm, not, I'm not one of the, like, I'm not one of the biggest reviewers. I'm far from being one of the... I'm just yeah. But you are a reviewer. You have reviewed, have you? Yeah, yeah. I spent I haven't my reviewed. weekend on review. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't reviewed, so you've done more than me. Uh, no, but it's crazy. And so... Let's talk about like what you, you, the spring you've come out with a ch oh okay a lot of so stuff like wait, I, wait, I let me go down the, so let me go down the list here. <laughs> you had a very interesting uh, email to the dev mailing list in May about onboarding millions onto Lightning, uh, how to do that in a s scalable, secure, and private way so that people can access the network with some privacy. How Bit One Fifty Seven plays into that. We'll get into the specifics there. But on top of that wallet refactoring which we've been talking about already uh time dilation attacks that you and gleb worked on uh coin pull which also you and gleb worked on uh altnet and and given presentations yeah, uh, on okay, what lightning network like okay um doesn't need to be chronological there is a chronology like there is one because i was working on this right refactoring you know and one, one part of it was like, okay, no, the water, the wallet will have its own tip. You know what I mean? Like, the wallet and the node, they will have different views of the blockchains. Depending on when the, the node sends the wallet information. Yes, exactly. And I, I, I spent the summer, like, bouncing back between wallets and, and lightning, and at some point say, you know what? What if my lightning nodes has a different view than the other guy? The your lightning node has a different view, view than your lightning node? counterparty or due your to your full node. Yeah, your full node. node. Yeah. And I explained the issue to Matt and he was like, yeah, of course it can work. And I think I explained the same issue to Sirius and he was like, oh, yeah, it will work. And people weren't really aware about it. 
and I think at some point just so for you freaks out there the way I understand this right now so you spotted a problem where the lightning node and your full node that it's connected to could have different chain tips and that the that difference could be exp- like okay every lightning node should have access to the chain yes yes and the full node of my counterparty may not be on the same uh, okay there it is it's your counterparty in a channel yes exactly okay, there we go and what happens starting from them right and thinking more about it i came up i described the issue on the lightning mailing list like november december last year and it was like the starting of time deletion attacks so i'm not sure if you're familiar with eclipse attacks on beacon core yeah, I am, but no, we can refresh. It's basically when your node gets surrounded by malicious nodes, right? And it feeds you bad data. Yeah, th- there was like, it, it's coming from uh, peer-to-peer and just distributed system, which has been studied in, in the 2000s years. But I mean, basically, um, you are not going to view, and that's something which is not in, I think it's not in the Bitcoin white paper, but one of the assumptions is miners are honest, and the second one is the network is not partitioned. You know, like there is something like the internet, and there is, and we can flow information through it, and part of this information is blocks. And if my full node is not connected to the internet anymore, or is not connected to the honest network anymore, I'm going to be like splitted from it. I'm going to. Yeah. And while you're split, you're going to think you're on the right network. But and you think you're on the right network, yeah. right? It might not be true, right? And that's interesting because Isan Iman came with this idea of Eclipse attacks on Bitcoin in 2015. And at that time, he was saying, okay, you can lose money if first I eclipse you, and secondly, I'm able to mine blocks to do a double spam or I'm able to reorg the chain or do stuff like this. Digging to this, for lightning, you don't have to have hash rate access. Uh, uh. Oh. So this is an assumption. This is where Gleb called me out. Where yes. we <laughs> 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 that's, that's a whole point of why time duration attacks are interesting. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, are, you don't have to be a miner to steal funds from your lightning nodes. So the way I understand it, is if you're not a miner, it's only a griefing okay. attack. So you can't s- technically steal. You're just okay, pissing so somebody off. We're opening a channel, you know, you and I. Mm-hmm. You know me. I know you. We don't trust each other. So we're using like me. <laughs> and it's block 100, right? Mm-hmm. And if, you, if I try to cheat you, uh, you're going to have, a, a, let's say, a 20 blocks period, blocks period. And between these 20 blocks... Using a full node, correct? Y- y- yes. L- let's if keep simple for now. And yeah. Okay. Okay. So there is like... We are doing starting to do HTLC between each other and sending phones back and forth. And, and so at some point, you still see blocks, but blocks are going to came, come up slower. And due to block variance, there is no way internally to you to know that if it's just a bad like Poisson distribution or is this someone messing up with my full mod? 
Yeah, I mean, we saw alternatively, I think, two or three months ago, something like 14 blocks and 50 minutes or something. Yeah, like that. that's, that's exactly the issue. You, you yeah. can't know because that's the way the hash, hash rate and blocks are mounted, right? And so you see blocks coming slower and, you know, everything is fine. And at some point, I'm going to be at block 120 and you are still going to be at block 100. And now I can close the channel with a revocate commitment transaction. And in the eyes of the rest of the network, this transaction is legit, right? And when you're going to see this transaction, it's going the... So would this be a force close? The time window period is going to be force closed. Okay. And you're not going to be able to punish me. Okay. So um, there is like variation of these scenarios on the, because there is like two kind of time locks in Lightnings to keep it simple. There is the justice one and there is the one between the ops. You know, I send Alice send an HTLC to Bob and Bob send an HTLC to Carol. And the HTLC on Carol is going to be on the lower t time log than the HTLC between Alice and Bob. Yeah. And Actually, using time deletion attacks, you can exploit the time locks between Alice, Bob, and Bob Carroll in a way to steal funds from Bob. So time deletion will work against any routing, uh, routing nodes, but it will work also against like clients today. And more effectively, correct? Yes. Well, if you're using Bitcoin Core, which is great code base, um, <laughs> Disclaimer. Disclaimer. It's a trip to go to. I'm working on Bitcoin Core. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um. <laughs> take a sip. Take a sip. Uh, I'll introduce the wine here. Why oh, you yeah, take a sip. Yeah. Uh, or do you want to introduce no, it? No, no. Do it. Do it. Do it. No, this is your gift. You've, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You uh, brought it's, it. Okay. It's, it's, it's a Chateau Saint-Julien. Uh, 2016. Well, okay. Um. The fact is they don't sell the good years in New York or not where. What's a good vintage? 2015 in Bordeaux is really good. Yeah. Yeah. 2015, 2009, 2010. If you're really lucky, get to 2005. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, what's a good season of Bordeaux? Like more wet, more dry? Just depend. Uh, which um, cepage do you are you looking for? Uh, like Chateau Saint Emilion. Yep. No, no. What's like a good? What's like a good season? Season, yeah, like, years. I mean, no. What's the weather like during 2015? I know this is 2016. 2016. Uh, it's average. No, not awesome year. Not an awesome one. Yeah. Awesome one. Um, yeah. yeah it, it, it's it's good. Like, it's okay. It's very good. I'm enjoying okay. it. Okay. Cool. Thank you for bringing it. Yeah. So uh, SPV clients. SPV. SPV. Okay. Let's say you want to buy uh, a Chateau Saint Julien. <laughs> You're lightning. Can, can you buy wine on lightning today? Um. I'm sure it's some bar. There's a bar in Germany, right? Bar, uh... Room 77? Room 77, right? Uh, I've been there, like, too much time. They, they I've never... You've <laughs> <laughs> never been there? No, I haven't. Yeah. I've never been to Germany. Well, never been to Germany. Okay, I, I'm not sure if... Are you a real Bitcoiner? <laughs> <laughs> get there. I guess not. I'll get, get there. there. All right. Um, okay. So, fact is, like, Bitcoin Core, we have, like, strong anti-eclipsing measures. Um, we are going to distrust inbound connections. Uh, we are going to, okay, so you are going to bootstrap your node. You are going to fetch addresses from the DNS stealers. 
and then you are going to connect uh, stochastically to outbound peers, and then you may open inbound connections, and people may connect to you. Uh, we care about uh, testing. When you send me an IP address, I'm going to test if the connection, if the, this IP address is a real one. That's what Fear is doing, grossly. Okay. How do you test that? We have a, a thread opening, go, going through. It's a thread. Ah, it's not a thread. Like no, it, it's not a thread. I think, uh, if I remember, it just like in, in, in uh, open connections, uh, we are going to every 30 seconds or something like this. Maybe it's two minutes. I don't know. Something like this. And we are going to open the connections, ping the node. And if it's answer, ba answer box, uh, we are going to keep the address in our databases. Mm -hmm. So th there is like, uh, and there is also the fact that we are going to select uh, IP address by prefix, by internet prefix, and being sure we don't have too much pe too much peers in the same internet prefix. Yeah, this is uh, this is an Erebus work around this. What does it, or the Erebus attack? What? Well, no, we are like b because like you know, doing IP prefix selection is too much. Like it's already 2016. We are already doing more fancy stuff right now. And Gleb and Sipa have worked on this, which is, okay, the internet architecture is mostly, you, you have an IP address, which is just an address for sending you information. Mm -hmm. And this IP address is going to be, you are going to allocate um, range of IP address to uh, ISM, uh, autonom autonomous, um, autonomous structure, autonomous system. And this autonomous system is going to be your ISP or it's going to be some entity on the internet during routing stuff. The fact is like the internet architectures of, you know, there is a lot of merge between ISPs. There is a lot of things like this. Uh, there is a lot of dynamic there. So you may have a lot of IP address, not in the same prefix, belonging to the same ISN at the end of the day. Mm. So that's, more fancy, uh, you can do this in 0 0.20, it's still experimental right now, but we are doing progress on this. But my point is, Bitcoin Core, there is a lot of work done on preventing Eclipse at the, at the protocol level or at the peer-to-peer -peer level. Link layer is different right now. Um, SPV clients, uh, there is no like strong anti-eclipsing measures on the client side. Because that's what matters. So it's like Electrum side or? Yeah, let's say you are running Electrum mm -hmm. and or Neutrino uh, and they are going to uh, connect to Electrum servers or Neutrino servers, BIP-157 servers. And they are going to, you know, I, I can send them a lot of junk addresses in the way to write garbage in their address manager and in that way, I will optimize uh, my malicious servers being picked up as a connection to the network. So someone can easily today, like just, you think you, you see the right chain? You, you think you are connected to an honest Electrum servers? It might not be. And, and so and in the context of time deletions. So would an attacker spoof your node with a bunch of fake IPs and you're like, oh, where's the real one? Where's the real one? And well, I, I'm just like, or right now, like 
okay, it may, may change, but I can run just a lot, lot of them. You know, if I'm yeah. running 1,000 Electrum servers, and if I, I'm not sure they're doing IP prefix, I'm quite sure they're not doing IP prefix selection. But the fact is, like, today, you have multiple like client backend. You have Neutrino, uh, Electrum, there is mul multiple B457 implementations. To be secure against Eclipse attacks, all of them must integrate the same, the same stuff that we're doing in Bitcoin Core. And people are spending like full day on, on Bitcoin Core, like, like it's a full-time job just being sure we're secure against Eclipse attacks. Yeah, so it's hard to imagine that these that, SPV clients are putting in the same time. I mean, I mean, like getting the SPV client or live clients, like just, okay, just uh, divagation. But th there is no SPV, like there is no such SPV clients. It's more like rational to speak about live clients. SPV has never been like re-implemented, but so live clients, speak about live clients. And live clients are subject to time deviation attacks because I can make you connect my electro my malicious electron servers and I'm, I'm just going to slow down the blocks i'm going to instead of announcing you a block every 10 minutes i'm going to announce you a block every 20 minutes and you're, you're going to accept it and it's going to be fine for you so here's a question i have it might be a stupid question yeah like i know third party third parties and oracles are frowned upon but like in a contingency case where you want like an alarm system to recognize if your wallet software was behind uh, a consensus chain tip could you put software in that wallet software is pinging like a blockchain.info or blockstream.info okay and letting you know where their chain is and like if you're behind okay X that's blocks. exactly what i've started to work on after time deletions mm -hmm. um so yeah so time deletion if i think it was also like lemon i trying to um you know, right now, like, things, it's really new. Like, like uh, the protocol is, like, three, four years old. If that, right? Yeah, something like that. Like, okay. <laughs> um, it's, still, it's still something we explore. Like, <laughs> Lightning Security Mobile is still something we're working on, understanding all, like, interactions. And interactions with the first year, it's something which is, it's it's really like tedious, like, um, and lightning. It's you have to. You, it's not only you have to receive the blocks; you have to receive them quickly, timely, like, be, because it's it's a clocked system, right? It's you, you should see the blockchain as a system clock, and if someone can mess up with your system clock, your security is in danger. Yeah, you described it in. Um Time deletion paper, yeah. As like liveability, or uh, what's the word used? Let me find it real quick. Which one? Uh, the, um, let me explain it here. Yeah, yeah. So. It's going to bother me until I find it. You can keep talking, I'll find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, time deletion, we. Another interesting point um, we started to explore, uh, it's. The idea that you can link an attacker can map your lightning nodes to your full node. And your. I'm listening. I mean, you're running a full node. Yeah. You're running a lightning node. They are sharing the same IP address. 
it's likely it means like your Lightning node is using this full node as you know as a backend. So, yes. It's so you can connect the two. Exactly. And most of lightning attacks, knowing the full node of your lightning nodes, it's a bridging blocks for making more sense uh, fancy attacks. And so, so we, we started to explore a bit like this uh, interiors mapping. Um, if people have like, if people are, are looking for cool uh, lightning privacy research, we will be, we will be glad uh, help people doing more research there. And being sure like, in my opinion, we we should like we shouldn't be able to observe that this lightning node is using this full node. And you can like you know, let's say you're a big lightning service provider, and I, or a merchant or something like this, and I can buy channel from you. You know, I, I go through your website and I, I buy a, cha a channel from you. It means you're going to broadcast a funding transaction. Yeah, you get a bit, bit refill or exactly. lightning power users something like that. So doing this, I can just, you know, I can just see like Bitrefill bit is using this full node because transaction origin inference is still something on the on the peer-to-peer -peer level. It seems like a hard problem to solve. Would you have to run like a VM for your lightning node or something like that? Ah, uh, it's, it's more like, well, our conclusion is like your full node set up. Well, no matter what, wouldn't the lightning... HTLC be connected to the node no matter what, even if you do have a different IP address, you just be able to connect those but two IP addresses? At the end of the day, I mean, Lightning Channel, it's Bitcoin transactions. Yeah. And this transaction, they have to appear some, at some point on the network. Right. And they are going to propagate, right? So it's, there is no like clear separation between them. And, and that's the same, you know, I, c I can, Maybe I can slow down block announcement to your node and, and seeing that you're going to reject HTLC on the other layer. Um, and, and because we have gossips right now, and there is there is a, a bunch of heuristics right now. Um, yeah, there is a bunch of heuristics right now and you can guess, you, you can try to, to, you're going to build like this double map. You, you have a map of flanking nodes and you have a map of full nodes and you are doing like creation between them. You're, yeah, so like a surveillance heuristic that you could use. And we haven't, like, we are doing, like, caring about the security, but when we speak about lying is more private, or, okay, first, we should define more lightning privacy attackers. We don't have, like, we don't have model right now. Mm -hmm. And secondly, we, you should integrate the whole Bitcoin first layer as part of your study. Yeah, it was a... Um talking to a meaty and what she's yep. been doing at the p2p letter yep. just thinking about rebroadcasting alone and, and rebroadcast like that makes sense because for lightning node your rebroadcast is going to be more aggressive because it's time locked so um, i haven't done yet uh, but observing like observing transaction propagation on the base layer and being able to know that this pattern of propagation means that this lightning node is doing off-chain lightning or something like this. Th that's something we should start to think about it. Like Especially in the early, it's the best time to think about it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's still early. Let's yeah, yeah. So, but let's not set bad, ex or like, let's not create sunk costs that we can't overcome or technical debt, I guess, would be the correct term in this. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, I think lightning is really pioneer 
here. Um, there is this all like fees, uh, fees issue. So we were working on time deletions and digging more. Um, you know, there is like this idea of doing uh, dynamic fee bumping for Lightning that's called anchor output. It's, it's one of the big object spec right now. Um, and so we were removing like this spec, um, all of the Lightning developers and and Matt and I were trying to break it. <laughs> so we were <laughs> so we were like, oh, like this is introducing Sigashing goal. Like either way, at this mobility could be used at the period. Like you know, like someone catching your transaction as a flight and increasing the fee rate of stuff like this. And <laughs> the sad thing, like realized at some point, like these attacks were we are able to do like these kind of attacks against the current version of Lightning. Mm-hmm. And that's Airbnb pinning. Matt has a great uh, mailing post on this. And you know, that's exactly like we do. Yeah, you, think could es- you could essentially drain a side of a channel, right? You, you can, I can. You could essentially drain one side of a channel with this. Yes, I, I can like, I, I can steal HTLC. But by, okay, in Lightning, there is this idea like, I make you an offer. You know, I'm going to, okay, um, if you give me a pre image, I'm going to, in this time period, I'm going to send you the money and I'm going to propagate back all the pre-image, right? If I don't gi- or if I don't give the pre-image, you have to time out, right? You mm-hmm. At some point, right? Yeah, you have to force close. If, if you don't do this, you are in danger. Back, backward, you know, backward, someone may time out the HTLC. And if in between, in on, if on the forward link, the HTLC is claimed forward, right? Mm-hmm. You are going to be at loss. You yeah. can't call that back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, lightning is some kind of, you know, the big conduction is some kind of big ledgers, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you must have an input and you have outputs and output must be in balance with, in, right? Yes. And you, you, you have to think about lightning not as the same accounting issue or the th- same accounting model, but it's an individual one. Like I- everyone is doing its own accounting. Yeah, and you're just trying to make sure that you're not the ledger f- no. changes on Lightning aren't in uh, incompatible with potential attacks and force closes at the HTLC layer. Yeah, y- you have to keep your accounts equilibrated. Right. You know. That's and if you if someone can break them, and then like putting like the probabilistic like nature of like block time into all that like makes it even harder, right? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't matter. Uh, um, um, doesn't matter here. But okay, Bitcoin base layer, everyone is checking everything. You know, like every full node is going to enforce the full set of consensus rules. So that's a double. You know, it's a double spam. Yes. People understand this. Lightning is solving the double spam problem by reversing the logic. Okay, let's dive into that. Yeah, that's exactly this, you know. How so? Well, because, you know, so we are doing this contract between you and I. That's a channel. We open, we share a funding output on chain, and we define some kind of semantic on it, you know, and we are going to update the state. And if you try to cheat me, 
you have to prove to the chain that I'm cheating by punish, punishing me by providing a revocation secret. But that's your job, you know? Like, if I'm Carol and I'm not involved with this channel, if you get, stol uh, if you get stolen, that's your issue. I don't care. This is why watchtowers exist. It's different, but lightning is, is fundamentally lightning. It's, it's a switch in security model. It just like, like it's private justice, pr privatization of justice. Okay. I like that, that framing. And is that necessarily We bad are thing? using the blockchain as a judge. Okay. But that's, that's your job to have a good lawyers to be represented on chain. And good lawyers mean good software that basically looks over what's going on. Yeah, in the channel. I, I, like my dad is not a lawyer, but you know, like y there is this idea of you have to, you know, you it's your job to pay the good fee rate for your justice transaction being included in the chain before the time of expires. It's your job to getting a good access to the chain, right? It's your job then, you know, like being sure you're not sending more HTLC forward than you're receiving backward. So and all self-sovereignty or money comes extreme responsibility. Yeah, like that's, that's something I, I think, I'm not sure if even us Lightning developers understand how much Lightning is switch on this side and what kind of work we have to do to make this kind of uh, thing secure. Because at the end of the day, Lightning, you are running, you are running a hot wallet, you know, you are here on the internet. And if you are running a public node, everyone can connect to you and everyone can try to game the bank. Right. I mean, and especially as... The bank is launching now here. As more UTXOs get locked up and lightning channels created and more value, the yeah, incentive okay. just rises. You know, like, we're working on this time of time deletions. Okay. Time deletions, it assumes you can do uh, Eclipse attacks on the base here, right? Um, as of today, uh, I think it's really hard, like to Eclipse attacks on the peer-to-peer -peer layer, you know, like someone connecting to you and like trying to like flood your address management, something like this. What I'm fear of is attacks on the link layer. You know, like you, you can pour this in uh, academic papers, but URSP trying to rob your lightning nodes, if you're a big lightning service provider, that's something I'm, I'm concerned. So you couldn't do something like Lev and Peter have been working on to avoid depending on one ISP? Well, okay, okay. Um, I think I can't remember exactly the numbers, but the fact is it's like 30% of Bitcoin traffic is going to the same, I think it's even more, like maybe 50%, going from part of the same deep internet architecture link, like tier one and tier two ISPs. And as map, just a starting block in the way that we can diversify the Bitcoin network and ensure we have more diversity at the internet architecture level. Yeah. More diversity of, of full map. Sounds like we need some antitrust to break up these ISPs. And it will make like, like uh, as map is making foundation harder for sure. Yes. But uh, there is still like, you know, you are running a big lightning service provider and you are using one internet service provider and you know, like when you are working on security and attacks, that's you know, it's really hard. Like 
if this attacks realistic or not, is this like wigging the in, is the, like the out, and and at some point, it's like most of the time we see some component as something monolithic, like an internet service provider. At the end of the day, um, you know, there is rogue employee. There is people you can bribe there. You know, it's <laughs> it's. I think that's it was last year, like Coinbase. They were like, they have like zero day Firefox. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know the price of a zero day Firefox on dark market? It's something like one hundred thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. So, and they use two of them. So, the attackers burn two one two hundred thousand dollars to try to steal from Coinbase. What were they trying to brute force their? Yeah, I mean it's just. That's just a budget attacks. You know, that's what how much money people are really commit to just to try to steal from you. Yeah. To burn. Like. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So you know, lightning right now it's really in it's in infancy part. That's you know, that's I mean, I think that's fair. That's, yeah. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Infancy? I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, and people I think people are nice or like <laughs> I think <laughs> we don't have like sophisticated attackers right now on Lightning, right? Like, <laughs> or we, we, if that would be the case, we wouldn't have a network today. <laughs> 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 but but it's not going to stay like this. It's not like people are, are like Lightning is a complex protocol, um, so it's I don't think it's understood right now by anyone trying to steal from them, from it. Um, you have to. You have to foresee that these lightning service providers, like five years from now, they will have like maybe 1,000 bitcoins locked up in their different channels. Mm -hmm. And that would be a lot of money. Yes. And then, like, you know, like bribing an employee from an ISP, that's, that's worth it. That's worth it. Yeah, that's right. worth it. And so. What do you believe helps solve these problems? Like something like Schnorr and Taproot helping? Mm -hmm. No, Schnorr and Taproot are not. It's, it's more P2P level stuff? No, peer-to-peer. -peer. So we, we finished the time deviation papers and at the end of the day, uh, end of it, we were, okay, you need like strong anti-eclipsing at the base layer and like harder than that we have. And so, you know, like people were, I was super lucky, like last summer, uh, because one of the residents uh, was Richard Myers from Gotena. Shout out to Richard Myers. Been on the pod sure. before. What yep. he's doing with uh, uh, Gotena and TX Tena. Yeah. So, so, so we had like, cra crazy talks on, you know, MeshNet and this kind of stuff. And and actually, like, you, you want, you want, you know, right now you receive the block. Uh, only through your internet connections, you need more diversification. You, you can't trust only your physical link, or you need multiple of them. And so, it's hard because, like, or like your operating system or hardware are not being, you know, you don't. Yeah, your system is not going to maybe come up with a radio UHF radio transmitter receiver or. The kind of stuff you need to receive block from space if you're using blockstream satellites or like reading transactions through radio or this kind. Of. So ideally, uh, you want to 
everything we can use to transmit blockchain information, we should use it. And that was kind of the idea. Like, I had like this proof of concept uh, uh, PR in Bitcoin Core, which is called Altnet, and it's just a way to integrate div uh, like integrate different link layer, inter integrate like. So it says some like I was reading it. And I didn't get, I didn't read every part of the um, the GitHub page. But is this like an alternative to Fiber or something like that? Uh, no, no Fiber is going through the miners. Okay, fi Fiber is re-optimized. That's the thing you don't want to touch about it. Uh, it's uh, different gossip networks. Is this what it's, it would be? It's it's basically uh, we we you will have like a secondary peer-to-peer -peer stack. And this peer-to-peer -peer stack will have drivers, you know, like, and these drivers, one of them may talk radio, another of them may use Wi-Fi, another uh, of them may be using short radio. Blocks, right? Yeah. And right now, if you are using like blockchain satellites, you have to run another Bitcoin core, a fork of Bitcoin core, and you have to connect it to your first full node. And it means you are going to and Brockstream satellites people, they have to maintain it, they have to do a lot of work. And you want to ease, ease this, and you want this, well, we have a lot of discussion on the Bitcoin Core side, but thing is, for Lightning, and if you are running any Lightning routing node, you want, first, you want to have a diversity of block headers, receiving the block headers or receiving the block from different sources. Mm -hmm. And you want multiple access to broadcast your transaction. You know, because you may have to broadcast a justice transaction, and if I can source all this, you you know, it, it's game over. Yeah. So, the cool thing is, if we start to pour work on deploying this kind of stuff, and like, being sure you can combine them, you know? Yes, yeah, so that's, that's my big question. Like, yeah. would it be different transaction relay network so yeah, yeah one for the satellite one for uh ham radio yeah and would they only be able to communicate with other nodes using that or so well or everyone using a driver right yeah 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 okay and the cool thing you can like oh and my proof of concept wasn't using radio it wasn't using satellites it was using the lightning communication layers to exchange headers and this is completely new right what? This is new. Nobody has anybody done this before. Well, it, it was something like we have talked about like between like developers for a while, uh, exchanging headers. No one has done like the code uh, uh, hasn't done yet the coding integration. So I just took like two C Lightning nodes. I just have like a module to talk with two Bitcoinful nodes, and and the two Bitcoinful nodes weren't connected between themselves, and they were using the Lightning nodes to exchange headers. And so let me think how this would go. The one node would feed a header to the Lightning Network connected to, to it. Yeah. And then it would, that would then send a transaction through the Lightning Network and take multiple well, hops. Just haters. Like, like my, my, my book was just haters. Yeah, just send data. Yeah. But multiple you, you hops. Using so it go from another node to another node to the yeah, end and node. The cool thing, like, on Lightning, like, we have encryption and notification by default. So it means now, like, you know, if we can have, like, you may... Even secure. I mean, you can use the Lightning Network as a way to propagate first base layer data. Exactly. 
Do you think this is a step up? Yeah, man, I mean, like, that's, that's, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> oh, <wow>. okay. <laughs> Much no. be, is it faster propagation? No, it's for security. Yeah. For security. Because right now, like, uh, there is step forward with BIP 324 uh, by Jonas on encrypted communication at the base layer, but it's not deployed yet, no? And on the base layer, you don't want identity. You don't, oh, no, no one's want this, you know? You want to st somehow structuralize network with like pseudonymous peers, right? Yeah. So even like authenticating, like, an encrypted channel with authentication is trust at first use. And it's not, you know, it means like some infrastructure attacker can still like intercept communication and do a man in the middle. But if you are using the lightning communications, lightning nodes, they have a static public keys, which is known, which is their, their identities. And they are using like uh, the noise framework to encrypt their communication by default. Mm -hmm. So it means like if we, if you exchange headers, through um, through lightning, and if an infrastructure attacker try to intercept them, you, you are going to see, like everyone is going to see it. Hmm. So, how would somebody catch that if the header is jumping from node to node to get to this end node? Yeah. How would an, an attacker catch that there to? Well, you love to break communication between lightning nodes, but these communication are, are authenticated and they are encrypted. So you will see it. You will see that something is wrong. Yes. Okay. So it would be broken encryption. You would, yeah. You, uh, add up. you don't break encryption. You no. just get, get yeah. you know, like you, you, get a wrong you drop answer. the packets, drop yeah. the packets, right? But yeah. you see it. You see that something is wrong. I don't receive ping and pong message from a lightning peer anymore. Something is wrong. And you know, part to what I was saying before on Lightning security model, which is private, it's also has to be like more dynamic. Um, if you see something wrong, what, what, you know, if I lose access to the base layer and I have pending HTLC, what should I do? Hmm. If you lose access to the base layer, yep. you have a pending HTLC. Somebody trying to open the channel or... No, I'm sending you an HTLC, and maybe you claim it on chain, and maybe I have to, uh, I have to extract the pre-image and get paid backward, and I lose chain access to it. Or maybe you are trying to cheat me and trying to, trying to cut, um, you know, trying to cheat me. Like you're just broadcasting a revoked state. I lose access to the base layer. I'm a lightning node that lose access to the base layer. That's not good. What should you do uh, as a lightning node? try to connect to other peers as quickly as possible. And do what? Oh, you mean your Lightning nodes or your, your full node? Hmm. So your full node that you're connected to is fucking you over in this? Your full node is fucked up. Your full node okay. don't get access to the chain. Anymore. That's a very good question. Because how could you trust anything? Well, you can't trust. Or you can't trust. Yeah, that's, that's Bitcoin. You don't trust. All right. Or how could you be confident? Well. How could you verify? Well, I mean, the only, okay, theoretically, the only way to be confident there is to have perfect information in any case. If you have perfect information, if you receive the block in a timely fashion, 
you know what to do. You know if I, I should I close this channel or should I uh, claim on chain this HTLC or this kind of set of actions. So back to my ARCnet proposal, that's how we, do we get there or how do we not perfect information because that's theoretically, but on the engineering side, how do we ensure that your, like, your full node is receiving block uh, from radio, is receiving block from space, is receiving blocks from, you know, you may integrate with Tor or something, which is like. So you call on another transaction relay method. It's it's, it's really like using different physical like lines. yeah. So if it's going if you're getting it from an ISP or like all right the ISP is not yeah, serving I mean, to me. Let me get it from the satellite. Okay. Like internet is a shit in New York. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty terrible. Okay, like that, that's really funny because like um, you know you live in New York and you say like you know like New York like these great cities. Honestly, you have like a certain working for us to do right. <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching to the <laughs> choir, brother. No, internet is not the worst one. No, I mean, Subway is pretty. Oh, no, Subway is pretty good. Like, banking or the trash system? Guys, I mean, you are, you are late. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, travels were. Oh, tra travels. I mean, you will see. Yeah. Oh, travels? Travels. Travels, you will see. Yeah, it's. Uh... I mean, like. We don't do... The, okay. <laughs> Let's get back to... Um, no, no. Get into what's going on in France compared to New York. Like, well... <laughs> okay. We don't throw our, shra our trashes... On the street. On the street. It's, it's so dirty. Guys, I mean... I it don't stinks. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? That's... Um, okay. Um, that's a one of my... I, I don't like... I don't know if I can qualify myself as a New Yorker, but I've done this experience to literally walk on the rot. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, you're officially a New Yorker. That's the badge. Cool. You do that. <laughs> okay. I uh yeah. when I lived on the Upper East Side, I lived on Second Avenue and it was when they were doing the subway up there. And literally the two years that I lived in this apartment, they did construction on the subway the whole time I lived there. They opened it up the week I moved, but that's besides the point. There was a rat village on our corner for two years. That was oh, yeah, it's, it's dozens and dozens just climbing over each other. No, know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to them. You know that, that there are the nature we don't get in New York somehow. That's a uh, that's New York uh, Stockholm syndrome when you get used to the rats. Yes, you know, like this is normal. The trash is normal. <laughs> but it's actually interesting uh, having gone to school in Chicago, where oh. apparently before. The city burnt down. It was very similar where people were putting their trash on the sidewalks. Is it changed? They put it to alleys in the yeah, back. I haven't it's been like one shocked in Chicago being like it's it's trash on the streets. It's one of the cleanest cities I've ever been to and lived in. Yeah, and yeah. because they re, they were like, all right, we fucked up the first time around. We can't be putting the trash on the streets. Let's make alleyways. And no, don't, don't do it. I mean, like, maybe if we change at some point, but that sounds like New York style. We also have a lot of trash here. Like people need to live. Yeah. Okay. That, that's also. Okay. I have to confess. I'm here on on a G1. Not an H1. Not an H1. A G1. You yeah. know what the G1 is? No. Okay. The G1 is a cultural visa. Is a what? Cultural cu culture. Theoretically, it lets you work in uh, in the U.S. for a year or eight months, something like this, and. You are here to learn about American culture. Oh, a culture visa. Cultural. Cultural. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, you're here to... Well, Bitcoin uh, is very, uh, very liberty-minded. It's a free and open source, uh, <laughs> individual liberty, individual sovereignty, and that's uh, deep. In no, no, but, but I, I, you know, like, I had, to, uh, and I had to do, like, American culture experiences. So uh, I, I got, like, awesome 4th July fireworks, uh, you know, seeing from rooftops and seeing all this kind of stuff. And I, I got like Thanksgiving, so it was awesome. Got Halloween, and I think rats started running infrastructure and yelling on the L line the Friday night. That's part of it. <laughs> it definitely is, especially at two a.m. when you got a homeless dude jerking <laughs> off in the corner. That's uh, it's part of the American culture that you gotta soak in. Yeah, I mean, like, well, it was. And the tw- test question is, were they staring at you? And then the answer is, yes, they were. They're staring at you, yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 Do it wrong. If you're <laughs> uh, welcome to New York. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I have like, a love-hate you know, like, relationship you, with you, this you, city. You come to New York, and you think it's about finance and money. And what, what, one of the things which uh, strikes me more, it's, it's not that much about it. It's... it's more about energy and like people are getting the flow and uh, getting there. And actually, New York has one of the best art life I've known. Uh, it's really excellent. Like, okay, before quarantine and Corona and blah blah blah, but it's really a part. I, I think the art life in New York and the numbers of jazz, good jazz clubs and theaters and stand-ups and yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, stand-ups one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Uh, go to the comedy cellar. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I'm going to miss. The music, the live music here is dope. You can go, uh, see a show any night you want to. The art is dope, depending on what's your fancy. You want to go yep. see classical stuff. Uh, this would be blasphemous to a lot of Bitcoin maximalists, but, uh, modern art, there's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, and I'm so, I'm so like, you mean to see, <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. I have so much museums, and especially the MoMA. I have b- I have not been through every part of it, so. And I, I talk, yeah. I need to come back to finish the MoMA at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a big one to go on. It's a big one. It's a big. Um, yeah, back to Lightning security model is. <laughs> it's really important. Like, I don't like. Are you? Do you think? You think it's a solvable problem? Do you think we're getting, <laughs> are we getting? Do you think we'll ever get to a point where it's like, all right, this isn't solvable, and lightning failed? No, it is definitely solvable if we do the right engineering moves and we uh, we ensure that people who deploy big lightning nodes understand the lightning security model. So, lightning security model, uh, you need to access timely information. So you need to ideally you want to receive the block from mesh nets or radio or do multi-arming or receive the block f- uh, blockages from DNS. And Matt has some stuff here, which is uh, experimentally working. Uh, you want to do dynamic fee bumping. You know, right now we negotiate the static fee rate. That's update fee. Well. So dynamic fee bumping at the Lightning Network. So this be like a RBF on the Lightning Network. Okay. So you're, I'm seeing like, so I use zap as a wallet and I'm seeing like circle, circle, yeah. circle, circle after five circles, it'll be like, uh, or like after I wait X amount of time, yeah. probably uh, the better way to, to explain it. But like, all right, bump it a little bit. Exactly. You, you know, you, you, there is, okay. So someone is trying to shit you again. 
there is like this with Rocket Communion transaction being on chain, right? And you have like maybe a day of blocks or maybe 20 blocks, just configuration or implementation stuff. And so you see this time lock, uh, it's, it's a going to be a relative one. And ideally, you are going to bump the fee rates at every block. Or, and you are going to be more aggressive when the time lock expiration arrives. Because if you don't do it, you are going to lose money. Now, there is like issue with this, which is what if miners or Northern entity try to, you know, like play with your chain, chain access or your chain view and to try to make you think you're under attack to, uh, to make your fee estimators going, your lightning fee estimator going crazy and you burning a lot of, a lot in fees for something which is not. How realistic is that though? You'd have to depend on. No, we have a, um, like a pool to do that, wouldn't you? Gleb has, has done a post on them and we, we write down this scenario on the mailing list like two or three months ago. Um, it, it just like. So would a, would a mining pool have to single out one HTLC and do this? Well, let's say miners buy a coalition. Like they decide to stop mining blocks. And, and that's back to my point on perfect information of your lightning nodes. What should you do? Sh should I close my channels or should I stay off chain? Hmm. Hmm. Right. If you have a lot of link clear redundancy, if you receive the readers... Because if you try to close your channel and it's a bad force close in your counterparty... No, the point is, like, if, if you have this kind of theoretical... I don't know if it's theoretical or practical. It's definitely working. But if you don't have perfect information, you should close your channels because something is wrong, right? Yes. Yes. So everyone is going to try to close uh, its channels at the same time. Uh, just so and everyone is going to be in competition for fees. Fees. And who is going to profit for fees? The miners. So miners may have theoretical attacks against uh, lightning. That makes sense. Yeah. So one of the real challenge, engineering challenge on lightning is being sure um, we go as f you know as close as we can from this perfect information thing. So it would be attack on the whole lightning network and not just yeah. individual. So that's where my framing's been wrong. No, like until uh, now I get it. Yeah, I, I wrote us writing down like this time deletion paper, and at the end you start to think about more like sophisticated network attacks, and working on altnets and working on having more block and headers, uh, link layers redundancy, like. You know, like, I'm concerned about earthquake scenario. Like, you know, what if in some country, you know, you drop like at support A333, 8333. You drop support for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you just censor Bitcoin, right? It's happened. I mean, that's, what's the Chinese it's, firewall, it's, right? It's going to happen. Like, you, the lightning system on top of it is, like, you may crush the whole lightning system on top of it. And the issue is, like, if you assume that people who are going to use Lightning may not have uh, the funds to pay on-chain transactions, 
It means like if you can repeat these attacks two or three times and force everyone to go off-chain to on-chain, after, after doing this, you just make lightning, you, you just kill lightning. Yeah, it's a some. precedent that nobody will be comfortable hopping back on that. Yeah, yeah. exactly, you know? And I, I'm, still, I'm spending a lot of time right now uh, you know, digging more into internet architecture and understanding like, better like, internet protocols like DNS, BGP, and you know, Bitcoin is not running on the magical box. It's running on the internet today. And the internet today sadly is not secure. And the the sad thing is how do how the way you are securizing internet today is relying on certificate authorities and PBK infrastructures, which is decentralized, you know, that's chain of Yeah, then something with dot org is has been going on. Or yeah. Something like that. And, and, and like and that's Bitcoin behavior that's mega issue, lagging's even worse. Okay. Like, uh, and I'm not, I'm, I'm concerned about if the current internet architecture secure enough for lightning. Yeah, I mean, that's something with we should definitely this, think about. With this time restriction. Because of ha- the, the instantaneous nature of the way yes. lightning is supposed to work. Uh, the way you have, you have to react. This, you, yes. you, have, you know, like, okay, people working on Tor, like, you, you don't get, you, okay, let's say Tor has a whole lot of work on censorship resistance and getting sure that people in, in countries where Tor is censored, they can still get access to information outside of it. But the Bitcoin information is a different kind of nature than, you know, like, uh, newspapers, informations, or Wikipedia informations. That's money information somehow. And the lightning one is timely mo- money information. So if we are not censorship resistant, it's, it's, not only, yeah, you know, it's not only you don't get access, you lose money. Yeah, that's not what you want. That's like, you know, like at the end of, like if lightning works, like, and we have to think about this kind. How do we mitigate this kind of scenarios? And and people are doing also like like all people working on you know, Richard Mayers, Goldena, um, Lotcha Match, Venus and Games. Awesome people talking a bit with them. Uh, I mean, they're probably the world right now you know, about how we can decrease our reliance on the current internet architecture. That's that's some that that's a way we should go more forward like I completely agree I mean that's the goal of Bitcoin is to be as robust as possible and, the, and the you know pe- people are working a lot about minings and there's still a lot of minings the week like okay you, know, you spend a lot of time trying to think about what the Bitcoin security model is and what the lagging security model is well I'll step in from like a mining perspective here people are looking Thinking, I mean, speaking a lot about mining, personally, I'm as much concerned with the network side, the internet yeah. architecture side. I would be more concerned about that, actually, because... We have, like, 11,000... The ISPs don't have any skin in the game the way miners do, where, like, miners are paying for 
hardware and energy and I infrastructure. You know, they didn't yeah. care about it. You know, like yeah. my, my intern, like when I have my, okay, you are in the middle of some like, you know, like lightning dev IRC meeting and you are talking about like really important subject, like, you know, what should be the color of the next generation of HTLC? It should be purple. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> But your connection is dropping because you are in New York and your internet is not reliable. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not tenable. It's not. Like, it's Starlink, come. Yeah. Like Will Starlink help us? There is a, a good mesh net in New York. Uh, I haven't tested it. NYC Mesh. Yes. Macarello yes. is very involved. I think he's a bit involved, yeah. And, well, I think in New York, you can receive Matt's heaters through radio. Awesome, awesome I, city. I think so. Uh, awesome city. Uh, um, I would not be surprised. I'll say that. But but it's like and back to my eye network. Like I'm thinking about scenarios where in your geographic new geographical areas there is someone who is uh, tuning to receive blocks from space, and you spread the blocks or heaters from radio to all the people around you. Because like and then they can relay it over the ISP. Exactly. They, yes. Exactly. So to be, to have a network, uh, a basic network being more robust against partitions, you don't need everyone to run the most sophisticated link layer redundancy, which is getting the block from space. But you need someone in your geographic areas, like bouncing the blocks, you know? Yeah, just double checking like, all right, what yeah. you're getting from and space and is- Exactly the kind of logic I want to hopefully uh, get into Beacon Core, like you receive the block from space and you spread the blocks from all the other people on radio, MeshNet, or... So would this change up peer selection, essentially? Uh, it's even, <laughs> it's even like, it, like, you know, there is no peer selection when you get the block from space because it's one way, you know? You can't even know, yeah. Yeah, and that's also one getting this more sophisticated uh, link layer redundancy is you can send transaction through space because it's only reception. For Lightning, you have to broadcast transaction. So, so you're, you, you're pulling data from yeah. space. Let's Lightning, you have to push your, it out. Your ISP is wire cutting you from the rest of the internet. You receive a block from space and you may broadcast a closing, an unilateral commitment transaction through radio to secure your Lightning nodes. You know, you want to decrease your attack surface. So could you broadcast that lightning transaction in radio and via yeah, ISP at the same time? Yeah, you should do both. Yeah. Yeah, you should do both. But but any communication channel you add to your full node is going to... Make it more robust. Exactly. And, you, and if it's if the marginal cost of it is easy to do, and that's one of my goals with making it easy to integrate different communication, you, you will do it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And the cool thing is... If we have this kind of infrastructure, now, if people care about being able to broadcast the transactions through radio, it's not the you know not the main one, but it might be a good chunk of bro transaction broadcast may happen through radio. Like, I would love that. I mean, I mean that's don't use something with an IP. Literally has don't don't tie your IP address. You have data just pouring on you from the skies. 
I just need a receiver to pick yeah, it up. Yeah, I mean, we, we had this discussion with okay, three or funny ones. So I've never... Wait, wait, wait. I just had like an epiphany. Not an epiphany, but like an aha moment in my head. Huh. Receiving block data via satellite is yep. much better because there's no IP attached to the end. But, man, that, that's the hard point. I want more, like, I want things like Windows. That has never computed in my mind. Like, and now I'm just Yeah, yeah, I should have, like, IP address. At the end of the day, there is a way to link it back to you. Yes. Yeah. Radio wave. Anybody could be sending those radio waves. You radio have no waves, idea. if they don't use internet, yes, some of them are using it. But you can spoof IP address more easily. Like, because it's local. You don't need, like, something. Yeah, exactly. And... So VPNs wouldn't even help here, or they could help marginally. Well, well, if you want, like, okay, the architecture I have in mind, well, we ideally, if we can leverage the Tor work on censorship resistance, we should be able to do it with, um, there is, I'm not sure that the same security assumptions, and be, because they're, you know, like, them, they, they want a lot of arcades, okay, maybe really low level stuff, but they have like a snowflakes, which is, which is a way to bypass resistance using WebRTC. And basically you ask to people to open the brother and serve as a bouncing point for your internet connections. Mm -hmm. There are an incentive problem. You know, how we convince people to give a bit of their brother resources to help people bypass censorship resistance. So it's open to anyone. You know what I mean? It's a bit altruistic. Exactly. An altruistic model means for Bitcoin, it's super easy for attackers to override it. Yes. So that's one of, the, one of my uh, reason going forward with Altnet is, Rhino Tor is deeply integrated in Bitcoin, but the censorship resistance of assumption of Tor are not the same as us. Yeah. Gleb does not like Tor. From conversations I've had <laughs> that, that's because we we had this discussion back and forth between Gleb and I about okay should we try to push people to using Tor as a default for broadcasting transactions and we are we are coming with good and bad arguments like like since we had these conversations like he's made me question Tor more than anybody I've spoken to huh he's made me question Tor like myself yeah like, I mean, I mean if Tomorrow, you have all like a majority of Bitcoin transaction traffic going through Tor. No, I mean, now you have an incentive to re attack Tor. You know, if you have like millions, billions of value worth privacy, value worth traffic going through Tor, it hasn't been designed for this. Yeah. Like, it's that's, that's also like. How bad did we fuck up the internet the first way around? Like, yeah, like, having to deal with all these problems. Man, like, it's, that's funny because w when you go through like internet history, like, okay, internet has been organized around a set of standards, um, requests from comments from the e IETF. One of the first one in the 70s or 80s was about NetBank, was the idea of, you know, mining resources on the internet. It's maybe one of the most like, you know, like one of the ancestors of Bitcoin, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. They, I think they they don't like. They did it, you know. We have the internet. Well, that's like it reminds me of Gwern's piece. Like Bitcoin is worse is better. Like, are we? Is it ever going to be good enough, or is it just good enough? And that's what actually makes it good in the long run. Is like, you know, like it's just 
in production and works. It may not be perfect, but we found ways to work around it. Or is it getting to a point where there's too much tech debt and it'll just collapse upon itself? That's the it question. M- it might collapse because, you know, what's fascinating, like, um, fascinating, like, HTC, you know, now they're doing phones. They're doing these phones with hardware wallet supports. Yeah, yeah. It means, like, fabricants now start to have the incentive to design specific stuff for servicing a segment of Bitcoin users. It just, you see how much, like, you know, pressure or how much, like, thr- like on, like, the level of security we're expecting of Bitcoin is mostly not compatible with our current operating systems and, in turn, like... Yeah, what is it? Didn't Sip and Greg Maxwell find like a, an error in OS or HTTP or something like that? Was it what? Or open SSL. Oh, yeah, it was. Exactly. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit different, but. Okay, the open SSL bug that Greg and Sipa found uh, was about. Open SSL wasn't guaranteeing. Uh, Compliance or uh, conformity of signature validity between the different versions of it, something like this, which is okay for most, you know, for m- most, um, which is okay for most deployment. Applications being built on top of it, right? Uh, no, that makes sense because when you are a bench and you are using OpenSSL or when you are a client server architecture, you, you can say, oh, you know what? Update it update with the new generation of OpenSSL, right? That's that's super big when we don't have like auto-update, right? Yeah. So we have to be interoperable between different versions of it. The whole backwards compatibility comes into play. What? Backwards compatibility exactly. comes into play. Exactly. Oh, yes. yeah. And so that that's an issue and we have to be like careful about it because like, for example, like you, you take... Um, distributed uh, denial of service distributed denial of service attacks DDoS DDoS internet so people were about it they were they were around about it back in the 80s back in the 90s and they were like that's okay there is only good guys on the network right now it's not no that's you know we are academics we are researchers we are internet hobbyists the issue now is if you are running major internet infrastructure you have to spend a hell lot of work being secure about it. And we have <laughs> something like Cloudflare. People are going to burn a lot of money for being secure. And we, we can't afford Cloudflare on Bitcoin. We can't afford like security mechanics or th- like this kind of security infrastructure, which is centralized by design. Yeah. So, so we, have to care, we have to that's something like which motivates me a lot doing all this security work on lightning and being sure we have peer-to-peer style of countermeasure against it to be sure we are not going to have that that people running these big lightning nodes five years from now they don't have to use a cloud for me for being secure would bitcoin even work with the cloud flare like thing because so like what for the freaks out there cloud flare is basically just like a a time buffer and it would waste the attacker's money if they're making that many calls. It's like, hey, you're going to have to wait this long. No matter what, you can't DDoS us. 
they have a lot of resources and I think they are implementing a lot of ingress and egress filtering to be sure that and maybe resource to be key infrastructure to be sure that when you are sending a lot of IP packets to them, it's coming from a legit yeah. but in like Bitcoin like yeah we are secure I mean internet is relying on PKI we can't afford this like we have to come up with a new security paradigms and uh, okay. it's fascinating because somehow like I, I like I'm okay. You you take a, a network security book, you know, back from your computer science class, and you burn it, and you get lightning. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way or in a bad way? Well, I mean, you do everything you shouldn't do, you do it. <laughs> like you know, like you are running something on the IP. I mean, I the default lightning implementation. I can connect to you, and I can open a channel with you, and I can start to rebalance the channels, and I can try to steal from you and there is this idea like you know I'm going to send you a packet and you have to sanitize correctly this packet and I'm going to send it back uh, forward and if I failed I may close the channel that's something we have seen on lightning you know like it's weird security assumptions like y y you know like oh okay so we are opening a second bottle <laughs> that's we're opening a second bottle of wine uh we're going from a Bordeaux to Syrah. We'll see how this goes. This is from Scribe, 2017. Can I see it? This is uh Oh, Napa Valley. Napa yeah, Valley, okay. yes. Even us French, we, knows, we know about Napa, for sure. You know about Napa? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know about Napa? Napa has some of my favorite know, wines. We know, we know, we know. I'm kidding. We, uh, my my father-in-law is a wine snob. So actually, we did the taste testing on uh, Saturday. He likes to do taste testings on, on Saturday dinners every once in a while. We did a Bordeaux, a uh, Cab, and or no, we did a, a Bordeaux. No, we did a French Pinot, a California Pinot, and an Oregon Pinot. Yeah, very good tasting. And you you have this peer-to-peer -peer security model. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, okay, okay. Um, so. What I'm trying to understand, like I can't tell the way you've been describing it as far as like, is Lightning providing an opportunity to create better security models? Huh. Or is it harder and we have to think harder to create an equal security model? Okay, uh, you have to zoom out of the question is, at the end of the day, if at the end of the day, uh, you want to secure money, right? Yes. So what you should ask is, your money is more secure in a bank, which is using the legacy internet architecture, compared to a Bitcoin or Lightning sub. That's the comparison. Yeah. And comparing it to like internet security and messaging protocol security for different applications outside of money, like they're not as yeah, so high I, priority. As not not these kind of requirements. No. So if you answer. I want. I prefer to secure money through Bitcoin or Lightning. For Lightning, we have to design new security mechanisms, and we have to think about how much is different from TLS or like IPsec, and which has been designed in a client-server way. And 
you know, like I spent like I think yesterday I was using uh, witness transaction ID, transaction relay, uh, pure, which is one by Suas to get this in Bitcoin Core. And that's okay. <laughs> like I, I just feel sad about it, but the thing is. At some uh, at some point, uh, we'll have to extend the way we reject uh, here transaction from the network from propagating the network. What transaction? Oh, okay. How right now, uh, if you are sending an invalid, yeah, if you are sending an invalid witness transaction, is not going to be uh, is not going to be added to the, the Bitcoin Core rejection feeder, which means you're going to read only it, which, which is not a concern right now, but we have to do it before to deploy Taproot to avoid a bandwidth increase because the witness nodes are not going to be able to verify the Taproot transactions ones. So not the graded ones. So you have there would just be have like, you have two sets. There'd be like longer to rebroadcast because it drops out and it's not even. It, it would be a waste of bandwidth. Yeah, it's not even included in for the mempool. Legacy for, well, they're not legal. Okay, if and when, if and when uh, we have taproot, at some point we have two sets. You have taproot nodes, taproot upgraded nodes, and the the rest of all. Thing is, um, so we are doing this change right now in Bitcoin, uh, and at some point, if we add witness transactions to the rejection features of Bitcoin Core, Lightning nodes relying on a non-upgraded full node are going to be in danger because they won't recognize it. They are not. No, it's even more, even worse. The uh, state won't recognize no, it. No, it means like. My channel counterparty can broadcast a yield format transactions through the network to get it rejected. And then when I'm going to be honestly trying to broadcast broadcast it, it's not going to my witness transaction ID reappears are not going to fetch it. Uh. So a change okay, on the high level, a change in Bitcoin Core transaction ready policy may break lightning if we don't care about it. Okay. That's that's a lot of my, I'm spending a lot of time right now trying to understand how changing Bitcoin Core may silently break lightning. That's very, something very important to think about. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we, and so like, do most of the Bitcoin, I don't even say most, like what is the better question, a better framing? would be like do the developers working on these upgrades care about light lightning most of them or are they like hey this is better for the protocol level well you know lightning right lightning it's what 1000 bitcoins okay okay hey, i oh. got uh i got clark moody's it's, we have right real-time monitoring it is 951.16 in public nodes so yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'd say, I'd bump that up to like fourteen hundred. Man, nah, not fifty percent. I'd say like yeah, it's, it's twelve to thirteen hundred. It's, it's it's nothing. It's pocket money compared to the rest of the network. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So people are working on Bitcoin Core. It's you know like 
Lightning is for, it's another it's an application like another. They care about it for sure. But um Lightning is hard to understand. Uh and being sure that Bitcoin only just Bitcoin Core is secure is is a lot of is already a lot of work enough. We we start uh, we start to talk about it how like you know how Bitcoin Core. Okay, first you know like I think that's something we should have like as a community like you know like a lot of people they don't care about Lightning and I understand them and should we. Should we add more complexity, Bitcoin Core, to make the life of Lightning or any other off-chain application easier? It's a great question, right? Because as you just mentioned, it's hard enough to review uh, Core as is, and then thinking about the externalities of the second layer being built on top of it, and then having to take them into consideration. And, oh, while this may have not mess anything up at the protocol level, it's going to fuck things up. At second layer yeah no like again going back to what we were talking about earlier like how much time dev dev hours mind hours yeah i'm just like, like right now i'm just does it grow exponentially at that point when i'm removing peer-to-peer stuff right now i'm removing first with a peer-to-peer mental model is core correct you know and first with the lightning ones and like and trying to understand how they can that's that's it's Really, how we should we have a safe API? Uh, you know, like Bitcoin Core maybe should document more stuff, uh, and especially around the mempool. Like it, c- it can be worth uh, okay. Well, Pini. actually, I wrote about the mem. Well, stop saying the mempool around mempools, right? Well, okay, that's you own individual mempool. Yeah, I'm speaking. Okay, I'm speaking about. In each knows mem. Well, that's like the crazy thing. And yeah. from an economic, like, so I come from the economics finance side of it. And just thinking about mempools is like pure. Uh, shout out to Zane po- Pocock who wrote this last week. But like thinking of mempools is like pure pricing mechanisms and clearing houses for Bitcoin transactions and the fact that they're distributed and each node's getting parts of different mempools and together you sort of have a very good okay. idea. There is no global mempool. That's no, no. And there is no first scene, which means, um, you know, like right now, bit lightning fee models, it's quite obling and clutches. You know, it's, we, that's not what we want. What we want is a dynamic model where you can bump the fee rate and means like, it means that, I, you know, if you see the mempool starting to be under congestion, you're liking a gain, and you see like, okay, I can, st- I see your first increase, I can still afford this fee rate, I'm okay, I'm secure, I can close my channel in timely fashion. I'm seeing a, you know another fee spike, and at some point you're like, I'm not going to be able. In the worst case scenario, I'm not going to be able to afford to closing all my channels at the same time if someone tried to attack me. Or for congestion reasons. Or what should I do? Should I close preemptively my channel? Should I try to move eh. try to move sats to the other side of the channel? Or that doesn't do anything. They're attacking you. Yeah, anyway. like, you know, like if you have like 100 bitcoins up in your lightning channels you may 
But are all those channels susceptible to that attack? Are we getting well, to let, like let's say let's say I'm doing a damnation attacks on your lightning nodes. Mm -hmm. You may want to close all your channels. You want to I'm go back to to chain. I'm going back to unchain. I want to Okay, I'm going to lose business, routing fees business or American business, but that's more that's okay. You know what? I mean, it's better to go and chain, close everything, calm down the operations. Eat that loss. Exactly. Yeah. Now, if I may, you know, I may have as a backup reserve to to spend as a fees, I may have only like 20 Bitcoins who are backing up 100 Bitcoin. When it starts, like, on the mempool congestion side, when I'm starting to be insecure, or, you know, that's yeah. hard question. Yeah, well, what are you willing to pay to have the peace well, of mind that... We, 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 and the lightning paper was mentioning this kind of issue. And the way they're solving it right now, it's just dynamically increase the block size. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, Marty right now is morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking my head now. <laughs> and, and they were like thinking, okay, we should have this kind of weird software. For, and like, we're not going to do this. No. Like, like mm, no. I, I, I personally, I would be <laughs> like, I care about lightning. I would be really uncomfortable like doing this kind of software for Bitcoin. And that's a bad, that's a weird precedent to set too. Weird change of the protocol level to accommodate layers above it. Well, you know, Sigashian input is somehow, it's more like even Taproot, like even Taproot, like, you know, Taproot makes sense when people are using fancy Bitcoin script policies. Who is using fancy Bitcoin script policies right now? Multisig and Lightning. That's so, okay, that's another dis discussion we should have as a community. Uh, is, you know, like what softworks are doing softworks to get better option system. Like, pers like personally, I think that makes sense if, if we care about privacy and scalability of the, of the wider system. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on both Bitcoin and Lightning, but I don't think, at the end of the day, I think that's the same thing. Like, I, I don't. You think Lightning's additive? So, well, that's like I guess that's a question most people would have is the pace of change that Lightning would demand as opposed to the protocol level. Like, if it that's. Uh, you know, I, 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 at some point, um, so I'm working on Rust Lightning, LDK, and I'm spending a lot of time about how we're going to, what Lightning has been designed for, for w what kind of people, uh, people with what kind of economic needs, uh, payment, like payments, what they're looking for. And, And Lightning hasn't the same development path as the Bitcoin one. And they are not the same community. And I'm concerned we may, might have, you know, some kind of divide, you know, like communication divide, because we have too many lists. That's, that's something which is really basic. But how many people are tracking both and understanding issues in both? Not that much. And I'm concerned about, like, Lightning communities. Um, Moving fast, 
for sure. And we have to, like, we have to because there is a lot of work uh, to be done. And the base layer, like, people, like, you know, like, we care about getting digital gold right. And we can, like, if we don't get digital gold right, we can get lightning right. You know, they are building on each other. So it's not, it's not a dichotomy at all. It's not antagonism at all. Thing is, like, let's say you see like millions of lightning, uh, or let's say people like, we designed this lightning experience, uh, which is, I really see lightning as a missing step on the big, the whole Bitcoin experience between exchanges and the full load, like the ranger, like. Hmm. What do you mean by that? I mean, like, right now people are like, you know, people are like, you're a real Bitcoiner and you're running your full node or <laughs> you're on an exchange, right? Yeah. Okay. On all the people running your full node and like, <laughs> like, okay, you are running your full node, but do you like, do you audit your kernel, compilers, linker, loaders? I mean, do you have a clear idea of your trusted computing base? I mean, have you like disable Intel management engine if you're using x86 or, I mean, are you doing X-ray scan of your la platform or like, are you understanding cryptography well enough to assume correctness of every primitives using the Bitcoin protocol? Or have you, have you demonstrated the interactability of the discrete logarithm program from mass first principles or like, like or are you doing like, have you a strong personal, uh, you know, when you left your de device, uh, the device on which your phone is running and intended, and are you doing any kind of measure boots or like trying to be sure that the firmware hasn't been changed? Or have you like, you know, like. You can always, well, okay. You can always out pure the purists, like, hey. Well, w w when you have done all the steps, uh, I mean, I will call yourself sovereign individual in the meanwhile, that's just, that's just ranges, you know? And yeah, it's a spectrum. That's a spectrum, okay? So it's not binary, it's not full node against the rest of the world, that's just, thing is, there is scenario which may uh, impact more people than, you know, like, hard fork or like, a part of the community trying to hard fork that's going to concern all of us. Uh, your operating system being secure, that's just your, your issue, I might not use the same one, but, as, as a user or as a citizen of the network, trying to answer the, the question is, what can fuck up my money? Right. Right. So it just, it just a range. It's a range of trust model, it's a range of. And you should suite the trust model or you should suite the set of tools uh, which you understand or you have the knowledge to use it, and and that's not static. You know, you may start by having your coins on an exchange, spending time, spending time. Yeah, it could be like a business that grows, and you yeah. accept Bitcoin more, and then like your incentive to figure that out grows as your business grows, right? And exactly. Like 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 I had like it was like okay, I don't know if it was quarantine or anything linked to this, but I have like a higher whole time numbers of people asking me questions on key management. That's 
not something they're going to tell you when you start the job of Bitcoin protocol developers, but everyone in your circle of friends is going to ask you questions on key management. Yes. <laughs> That's it's one of the most stressful parts. Yeah, like, but, and I, so I, I was like trying to learn about, and you have friends of friends, you know, like, mm -hmm. like that. And I was running like the personal survey. Okay, how long did how long did you take from going from an exchange to starting to run your full node, starting to be comfortable with hardware wallets? Took me a few years. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That, that's it. I mean, I took it. I downloaded Electrum and sent it to Electrum pretty early on. But like when it comes to like verifying everything via full node, it took me a while. Yeah, yeah that's. That's years. Like when people are talking about scaling bitcoins and all this, we should define what does it mean scaling bitcoin. You know, like what there is one increasing value. You know, ratio against USD dollars, but other can be just increase their hash rate or increase the number of public nodes running it or increasing the number of people like participating to beat Dave or like. At the end of the day, like many variables that go into that exactly like overall the, decentralization, like, right? Value of Bitcoin, like, like it's this equation. That's an, an algorithm with a lot of variables. You you have the code, right? And you have variables like hash rate, like number, like, and and like it's not only code. Like you need people to run this this full nodes. You need like people behind it. And, and getting like one metric to like, you know, like if there are one metric we can increase on it, maybe it's security, like hash rate increasing is something like that's pure physics laws. We all agree on this. And, and it's like, that's my favorite part about it too, is because if you take like a 30,000 foot view, I think I may have a unique perspective on this because I do this podcast where I speak with people like you, people building businesses, um, people uh, trying to get others to adopt Bitcoin who have no idea the technical detail that we're getting into tonight. Uh, and then I work for a company where we're getting into mining. And I think that's also the beauty of the the stakeholder system that Satoshi set up where in a lot of instances, particular stakeholders aren't even aware of what the other stakeholders are doing and they're yeah. just working in their own self-interest self and your perspective is you're a developer who wants to make sure that you're producing secure robust scalable efficient code yeah. miner just wants to be as profitable Great. as possible <laughs> a user just wants to make sure that their money's secure and i think these stakeholders working disparately are doing a good job of honing in on what they're focused on and they don't even realize it but the network's getting stronger over time as they focus in on what they're focused on. At the, we, at the end of the day, security is like, or like, we need a clear understanding of Bitcoin security. And, you know, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I think I understand <laughs> the whole Bitcoin security model. I'm deleting <laughs> myself. <laughs> no, there's like other, like still new stuff, like, oh, like, mining pools, like distribution or like propagation, like the rate of propagation across the networks. Like thing is, um, if we want to hash rate, you know, that's an offer. Of, that's a 
we, we have to be sure that the rules of the games are well functional, you know, like the code base, you know, we don't have like inflation bug, the 2018 inflation. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, oh, dude, have I told you that story yet? Has Matt told you that story? I was like, we were going to Riga and Matt was like, writing, oh, no, you didn't tell me. <laughs> Matt was like writing the disclosure yes. to that. And it yes. was like me and him in the airport. I was like, what's going on? He's like, you'll find out. Yeah. I'm not going to dwell on security issues. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, if you are Bitcoin developers, uh, you might have to deal with securities in any stage of exhaustions or in any geographical place you are. So keep this in mind. <laughs> yes, get some sleep. Make sure you're... Uh, no, make sure you can... At the end of the day, uh, outside, like, you guys are... I don't say you guys. Or that... Or put the onus on developers. But at the end of the day, we're all dependent on this code and most no, people the, using the, Bitcoin can't, the, can't the code read is, it. Is one, it's one component. It's one component. Uh, it is, but like, okay, so you're verifying for us. And that's concerning. Right? Like, But like, do you expect everybody to learn C++ and uh, uh, do this? Uh, that's, that's a really good question. Like, do you think that'll happen in the future? Um, well, back to my point that I don't know anyone which is able to understand an operating system and a laptop and have our knowledge about like few people maybe but um you have to rely on social chain of trust. You know? Yeah. The we bootstrap Bitcoin on web of trust. Yeah. Yeah. So and we have to have a clear model of all this layer. You know, you you have you have a base layer of developers. On top of it, you have like people going to be dev, people like being involved into it, following news later, being sure like a lot of people will yell if Bitcoin developers tomorrow start to you know like merge some weird software. Right? Yeah, Mr. Hot will be right out there. Yeah, like. and on top of this like like involved community, you have you have people who have friends who is deep into Bitcoin. You know like, and you have like this. It, on top, you have like people, they bought Bitcoin, like, and if we want to somehow scale Bitcoin, you have to maintain the ratio between these different kind of layers, right? Yeah, I think uh, AJ Towns went into this for the post, correct? About the adoption funnel. Um, I think it's different. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great blog post. But, you know, we don't have a clear idea of how do we onboard each segment. Um, you know, like, okay, maybe maybe you have a double degree in computer science and economics, and you are a great candidate to get into Bitcoin. Uh, maybe you are strong in computer science, but you don't understand economics. Maybe you understand economics, but not the others. That would be really interesting, like, understanding what is the onboarding path of the current people running full nodes, right? Because understanding why they're running full node will give us leads on how to onboard new people running full nodes. Yeah, like before we hit record, I was showing you the Bitcoin wallet tracker. Like, and I think that... Yeah, 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 yeah. You showed me this. That's that all these kind of tools which make it either, right? And I, I think we should have, like, it's always... You can always be more secure or you can always have more mastery on your own side, right? And you know, I was talking about 
uh, I mean, link layer redundancy previously. And I, I think if we integrate, like, if we are able to give, like, these capabilities to Bitcoin full node, uh, assuming you buy some dishes to receive the block from space. But now you have different case of Bitcoin full node. You know, you have the really secure one, which is like the deep backbone. Mm -hmm. And you have just normal ones, public ones, and you have private ones, and you have live clients on top of it. And that's that's how we build like. And it's, it's, it's a question of proportion. Like, you know, like if you have 10,000 live clients for one full node, that's that's not good, right? No. No. If you have 10 or 100 for one, one full node, that's maybe okay. And to put this in perspective too, like this isn't even from a privacy or attackability perspective. It's like from a pure bandwidth perspective, right? Yeah, so, so I spent a bit of time uh, digging into this and Right now, I think the cost of running a Bitcoin public node, oh, it's 300 gigabytes. Um, it's, it's, it's one of these hard scaling bottleneck of Bitcoin, I, th I think. It's, and, and we can say, of course, uh, of course, uh, we can, um, that's okay, just, just let just run full nodes on, on data centers or like, but we don't want this. We ideally, that's not something you can, you shouldn't be able to know about it, but you want geographical diversity of full nodes. Yes. Yeah, right now, most of them are in Germany, the US, right? We want more full nodes in South America or Africa. That's, that's Agreed. Just simple distribution. Logic. The thing is, and, and that's funny, but thing is like, our one of these bottleneck is the internet infrastructure in these countries. And when I say these countries, that's New York may be one of these countries. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's 50 bucks. Yeah, it's pretty shit, dude. Okay, it's- There's monopolies, that's like- Three times the price I was paying in Paris, guy. I, I brought up antitrust. We need to fucking break up the ISPs yeah. here in America. So when we say like, Okay, the the whole like third world country between developing countries is just completely wrong because some area of developing countries maybe may have the old infrastructure. But that's something we should integrate and it means we can't rely only on, or we, we technically we can, we can, okay. Assume like get more, more participants, get more users and we see this lightning economy uh, blossoming, uh, you, you need to serve them. You need blockchain access to serve them. Bandwidth is going one of the bottleneck. Especially and if they're running on SPV clients. Like. You know, like some SPV clients are, I'm not going to name them. They know who they are, but their defo default configuration is you download the wallet and you connect to the trusted servers. No bueno. I, I'm not, it's, I understand it's easier, like, like for sure, like, like that's not what you want to do in the long term. Like, you, you don't well, that's an interesting question I had with uh, this dude, Mike Peterson, who's down in El Salvador, trying to develop a 
circular Bitcoin economy in this village, El Zante. Right. And he said custodial apps are, yes, they're the easiest to use right now. But he agreed that the user should use or move towards non-custodial apps. So do you see a, a user journey where a lot of Bitcoiners exactly. start with these custodial apps and they realize to contribute to the network and actually uh, make like, are the incentives that strong? We're like, Hey, I should use a non-custodial app because if, if, if not me, then who? And if not enough people do it, it completely it's, it's, fucks it up. We, 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 we fucked up the internet somehow about how do we onboard internet users and how like, I don't know, like, Internet startups are just like, okay, how we, how KPI is going to be, how we increase the time of our users spent on the applications. It's disgusting. Yes, thanks, Mari. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, we need to rethink the, you know, like, what does it, like, as a hallway, you onboard people in projects, and the hallway, it's, and I don't like to call this project. Do you consider you Bitcoin for Node as a project? No. No. What is it for you? It just gives me peace of mind. What? Oh, that's, 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 that's a cool It's cool a way answer. to get peace of mind. Like. Okay. And how do you, you know, like design tools w which make their user smarter or more independent or like that? It's UX. It comes down to UX design, right? Yeah, but that's, that's uh, th there is like, like, I'm not a UX guy, but people are going to do like project management for Bitcoin. They can't use the hard books because that's not that's not what you want. No, no. So, I mean, the idea you have a clear identity of your users. You have your, their IP address, their billing address. Uh, you know their name, first name. That's terrifying me. Yes. yes. Well, then you're talking about like UX research and how that conducted. You're not going to be able to conduct UX research in the way that traditional apps can because they have that all, yeah. all that data at their fingertips. S down to the metadata. Yeah. Somehow, like all like these big internet platforms, they succeed on designing a brother for our mommy or for our grandparents, right? Yeah. It's yeah. <sighs> at the price of. Dude. This is pretty crazy. Two days ago, yeah, my sister is like lives in Colorado, lives in the mountains. She came home this summer to nanny for my wife and I. She's watching our son, and she has a special like nutritional supplement I've never heard of before. Yeah, uh, it's from the Netherlands. She or New Zealand, excuse me. She gets it delivered to uh, where we're staying. Opens it up and just literally like reads the package sorry freaks i'm on instagram i'm like hitting a story literally not even 20 30 seconds later i got served an ad for that company that my sister just mentioned that i've never heard before it was like the most i was like come on instagram like wait like a day or two please That's, like privacy is one of the thing i care the most on bitcoin um and you have like multiple uh way to conceptualize privacy is First one, privacy because it makes money more fungible. Um, 100%. It's not the only one. Privacy because you, you give people like this space of self-expression 
and not being forced to be in public, not being forced to, you know. Self-censor. Yeah. And there is a third one, which is where the current internet is failing. It's if I know who you are, I can just, it's easy like to trick, like, you know, like serve people the good ads or based on their prevent, previews, um, previous buys and get that in the loop, you know, like, and you have tools like the internet or just like huge marketing ways or like just Instagram as in don't have an incentive for you getting out of the platform. He has an incentive to you spending a hell lot of time here because more you're going to spend time there, higher the rate of, you know, clicking on ads or doing some mercant, right? We should, Bitcoin, you should, okay, there is a trade-off with self-sovereignty, but that's not what we should design. We should design tools for people having more like, you know, like self-determination around, around their space, environment. Yeah, it's like, who do you, who's your base user and who do you build for? Like, should you concede? And, and we should care about different, like, as I was saying, if you have a lot of technical knowledge, uh, if you have grew up, you know, I used to do kernel dev. If you have grew up in a Unix culture, that's okay using all these tools. That's not like, that's not. It's not your average person. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not saying, um, I'm saying we should have this ascending model for Bitcoin where you may start really low on, I'm going to use a custodial wallet. The long-term perspective is how, how, how do we get people running from node? Like, and it's maybe like a multiple years process, right? Well, I've said this plenty of times on this podcast. I'd like to get your opinion on it. Like, I think as much as Bitcoin is a software revolution, if it is to be successful in the future, it will be a hardware revolution as well. It's, it's, it's I think it's <laughs> more education. Like, one of the real R bottleneck is, you know, like, if you are using a Linux, or if you're using some kind of digital GVC, right? Like, that's how hard bottleneck with Bitcoin. And if you increase digital GVC, being able to, you know, like, very just verifying the signature of the software components you're downloading, if you're able to make, sh like, make sure you're going to use an operating system, of maybe that's coming like Debian coming or maybe Ubuntu or something like Geeks helps with this too, right? With Carl's okay, work. Carl is doing a hell like he is a fucking hero on this. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, being sure we uh, minimize the surface attacks or touchchain, make it easier for people to. If you have less things to trust, that's easier for people to to sure. verify by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, some. You, you want this model of people are going to learn through their Bitcoin's path, right? And how we design Bitcoin tools, uh, systems, and wallets, and all this. that's that's the Bitcoin UX is still something to be written. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, I mean, and I can only think of my own user story, my own user path. Oh. Like, like, I started out on Coinbase. I had the fucking Coinbase debit card at one point. I was, like, buying shoes at that shit. I was like, yeah. I was like, ah, fuck. Probably shouldn't be doing that. Is, is Coinbase the original scene of 
a reboot quarter? I think so. Or <laughs> hopefully not moving forward. Hopefully we convince uh, enough people moving forward not to use Coinbase. But no, I mean like exchanges and is a part of the ecosystem. Um, but they're part of, you know, you're you are running exchanges. You have to KYC. Like that's, you're not going to be able to operate. Like. Yeah, disclaimer: This podcast is sponsored by the Cash App. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I know. I know. Uh, but then, like Steve, we had this conversation. Um, <laughs> you know my opinion on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, and that's like it's actually, I. I don't dive into these conversations, and you're not on on Bitcoin Twitter, but uh, there, there are factions of, and I see all sides, and I probably. Um, I probably fall somewhere in the middle where it's like, ah, like where you have like the samurai wallets of the world, the hardcore cypherpunks, like the only way to get Bitcoin is like via BISC and, um, or in the street, like meeting somebody doing like a cash trade for it. And it's like, how scalable is that? That's so here's like the frame of questioning I go down. It's like, how scalable is that, uh, considering the liquidity on these markets and the, the loopholes you have to go through and and then on the other end like yes it's so easy to buy bitcoin on the cash app but like are we shooting ourselves in the foot that's in the long really run? something we care about with uh ldk um it's how we maintain the same security and privacy concerns going on higher years you know like big anchors uh, as some kind of standard or on security privacy how do we ensure then when we go on the higher tier, we maintain the same level of it. And how, like, being sure, you know, like, fucking up lightning wouldn't, um, it wouldn't mean um, not scanning the network, it wouldn't mean scanning the network in the dystopian fashion. Yeah. Uh, you see, yeah. Like, it's, you know, like, <laughs> we might, have a lightning network because the privacy can be like so bad or like security can be <laughs> really like shit yeah centralized you have to trust well, you are only going to open channel with people uh, from which you have uh, authenticated their pop keys it's something I I mean be, being sure uh, we that's no, what's and that's when you're doing a lot of security or like something we care about security or software correctness, being sure we build trustworthy systems. And you know, like, and we are talking a lot about internet and how much internet is a shit and all like, but that's I grew up in France and we have this huge uh, bureaucratic system. It's like, it's unrealable because they change a legal API every year for tax or social reasons. And, and that's that's my experience of someone growing up in this kind of country, but in other, a lot of countries, it's going to be like electricity cut off in the middle of the day or like network outage or like, how do we build trustworthy system and how do we define what's a trustworthy system as a community? That's something which is hard right but we should especially thinking of the different ways in which it can be disrupted like you just described a government can 
come in every year and change the law or you can have bad connectivity and or yeah, a storm yeah, in one part yeah, of yeah. the earth like, nice fun problem to try to solve that right it's a big problem uh, yeah b back to the um why Nike Myers and your cypherpunk, like the point of the Twitter crypto uh, with this strong cypherpunk community, you know, like something I don't have done, I haven't been through all the numbers, but how much money uh, did the miners get as block reward the last year? I can tell you last block. I have the numbers. I'm just asking you. Sure. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know? Something like six billions. That sounds right. Yeah. How much transaction do we have by day? I think the latest. I think I saw fourteen billion a week. So yeah. Uh, number of transactions. Uh, number. Uh, yeah. Forty-four thousand or, or three three thousand. Last time I checked, but three thousand yeah. transactions a day. Three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. Yes. Three hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, so it means uh, it means you have to provide twenty millions of fees. I, I mean, for the current hash rate we get, you have to pay by day. The users of the Bitcoin system have to pay um, twenty million, twenty millions, to, or between ten or twenty millions, right? To make up for yeah, the I mean like it's it's six billion divi uh, divided by three hundred a day, yeah, roughly, roughly. I'm gonna this order of magnitude. I'm gonna assume that you're better at math than I am. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're working fine this morning. I know. I'm trying. Well, so are you getting to like a fee market developing? My point is like, who is going to pay pay for miners when we? You know, like we 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 got a halving uh, recently. I was I was super lucky because I I think I was one of the only Bitcoiner being able to party physically for the halving during Why quarantine. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> they know. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool, guys. <laughs> it was like eleven a.m. on the East Coast. No, it, it was the middle of the day. Oh yeah, it was like two p.m. Yeah, we we just have New York for. Like people were at home, so <laughs> you know, because it was a cool. It was a, it was a cool halving party. I had uh, I was at a conference or a digital conference. Shout out value of blockchain or Bitcoin. Ah, fuck, I'm gonna get yelled after that. But yeah. so I have a theory. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. And it's a theory. I haven't tested it out. Yeah, for sure. So you know, Jevons paradox is an economic term. Uh, um, Jefferson paradox. Yeah. So Jevons paradox is basically the assumption or not the assumption. It's the observation that uh, the, the thought that you become more efficient with a good uh, would lead you to believe that you would use less of it. So prime example, yeah, marginal, yeah, um, yeah. marginal rationality. prime example is gasoline, like uh, so, or oil combustion to be more broad. Like you think if you become more efficient with that, you use less you're more efficient while you need more and it just opens up more use cases and so i have this theory with bitcoin utxos as they become more efficient that there will be more use and that's how a fee market will develop and that's exactly what learning is about 
lightning you use it you you untangle the raw value of the GXO compared to the payment throughput which can be like exponents fent- larger oh, yeah I mean that's like magic ma- magic like right. wizardry wizardry so you're see- you're picking yeah, up what I'm putting but down but my, my point was we have when and I assume that everyone is interested keeping the same level of mining hash rate because that's the security parameters you know like in cryptography we're talking a lot about like the size of the key between 2048 and uh, 4096, right? In Bitcoin, our security parameter is the hash rate. That's a really fancy algorithm, which is included by not yet specified rules in Bitcoin Core, but that's, we are really like aware about this security parameter. What do you mean? The hash rate. Not specified. I mean. You're, you're saying that you're going to be able to calculate hash rate? No, I, I'm, say, I'm saying like, Bitcoin value is somehow tied to the hash rate. Because I agree. Yeah, right. That's but were you alluding to that we're going to have better hash rate calculations within Core or something? No, like no, 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 not at all. I'm, I'm saying that it's, uh, the combination of Bitcoin Core and a high level of hash rates uh, somehow make Bitcoin more secure. I agree. And if people are using Bitcoin, it's because they, they are... They, they demand this level of security. They, they yeah, it's a whole feedback loop, right? Exactly, exactly, right. Like a price was discovered. That price leads more people in exactly, to chase right, that right. token. H- that token go- goes higher. higher Miners like, I want to mine that. It becomes more secure. You tell everything. Yeah. But how do we maintain uh, this offer of hash rate when the block reward is going to be exhausted? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you what we're working on a great American mining. What? Agree. Oh, t- so the company I work for outside, yeah, we mine and we go to oil fields. No, no, no. You have to have the demand for it. You offer mining. Who is going to buy your? Well, demand? it's not demand for Bitcoin. It's demand. It's again. It's it's completely uh, sort of perpendicular to Bitcoin, where uh, Bitcoin provides one of the only opportunities to save money in another economy in the oil and gas economy where they have all this waste and they have an incentive they don't even care about the bitcoin but you what you're mentioning is how do i provide a cheaper offer of mining right it it happens to be cheaper but that's not what these energy producers are thinking about they're just thinking about i need to get rid of my gas oh yeah exactly okay because if i produce too much of this hmm. gas and it's not consumed so then that's I'm, interesting because i'm gonna get fined yeah, yeah and i just don't want to get fined i don't care about the bitcoin i'm more like okay is mining company would be interested if they get paid one billion by year it depends on how much you put in what depends on how much you invest right yes exactly but i assume like infrastructure is being deployed and it's being deployed in the they expect like being paid like this level like six billion by year who the oil companies the, the whole mining ecosystem oh, yeah. uh it's again it depends it depends on what they put into it right so that's the thing about the mining industry huh, that's, that's, is the I price never, to be profitable is getting driven further and further yeah. down but it's still like substantial like in billions order yeah yeah at this point yes but so, so in the future, like ASICs, literally hit a 
physical barrier which they cannot get more efficient and then you have uh more competition okay. which should drive prices okay down. so the question is are we go in the next decade because that's what matters are we going to see an order of magnitude decrease in the manager cost of mining from six billion to six hundred millions in, in the way they are operating i can't speak with any certainty to that point i don't know that's, that's it would make sense writing. to me. That, that's something we should consider. That's interesting, but... That would make sense to me. On the mining, we can... I, I, I'm not an expert in uh, oil or gas, so I can't speak here, but... I think we'll get driven down. Again, it's going to transition to a point where everybody's looking for the lowest cost energy. Yeah. There's plenty of miners getting free energy right now, and that's going to become more widespread i would imagine so mining and industry chasing for every waste of energy in the world yeah literally leading us to a type one civilization but you need demand the demand is there already the demand yeah but the de because because block space is cheap right now because it's subsidized we, we live on the subsidized no i'm not talking about demand for block space i'm talking the other side of the equation mm. the demand for raw energy excuse me R raw energy yes like there's demand like there's so much oh, okay okay I see, there's I so see, much raw energy being ex being wasted that there is demand to have that but uh, at the end of the day someone else. has a marginal cost which is lower than everyone yeah i mean that's and how out market that's how capitalism works right yeah that's right <laughs> but but we, we might that's interesting and i haven't considered yet this in part of my scanning bitcoin research but you need a demand for, for like the black space. Like you need people for pay the fees. Yes, and there will always be demand for censorship resistant transactions, right? You just look at what's and going really on in the like world. That, like, 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 okay, you have six billions. Okay, assume we keep it this as a constant in the next decade. Um, six billion, 300 transactions, 20 million by day. It means like, okay, uh, roughly uh, $30 by transactions. Sounds about right. Yeah, okay. Do you think we'd have 300,000 300, transactions by day at the $30 price? No. All right. But. So. But this gets back to my point about the mempool and and because, like, what I wrote about last week it, it, okay. is like, it, like individual usage of the network will drive innovation. Like people will like try to send transactions. Mm -hmm. They won't go through it. Like fuck mm -hmm. that fucked up. So you get batching, you get consolidation, batching, you, get, you get incentives to move towards Schnorr and Taproot where you can condense a lot of this or I'm getting, I'm getting weird looks right now <laughs> where you can be more efficient with it. Yeah. We have the Southern of, okay. Um, not Southern, but we have a bunch of way making uh, compressing transaction. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we just as developers right now we don't have that much incentive on working on making transaction more value efficient on the on chain. Form. We have, but it's still like low. Like yeah. there's a bunch of technologies we can work on, but it's still. But until a certain point, Bitcoin as a network and the users within it are gonna hit up against these thresholds, like realize limitations. Some people will fall out. Like we've seen this. But in the price my, my point is like, if Bitcoin is a digital gold, like if you are thinking Bitcoin is a digital gold, you are going to do like what two or three transactions on the network by year. 
I don't uh, see. I view it as that, but then I see myself using lightning, but like because it's useful. That's, it that's, makes it easier for me to like. So a good example is Bitcoin bounty hunters. That and, game. Uh, that's that, that's my whole point. That that's if I don't think we will. If we think Bitcoin is a digital gold, uh, going through past uh, block reward subsidy exhaustion, um, we won't have demand enough demand to maintain the same the same uh, demand. Well, this goes back to Jevons' paradox, right? Like, yes, and, and, and that's the one of the way of doing it is like you were saying, like a lightning, a non-chain lightning, a non-chain channel funding transaction is a way of I'm untangling um, the price I pay to use the payment system from the overall value I can get. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's what, I mean, in like, you know, like somehow at the end of the day, Satoshi has done some weird bets. There is a Satoshi bet, which is we are going to be able to um, bootstrap a Bitcoin economy before block subsidy exhaustions to pay for a consistent hash rate. And this consistent hash rate is going to, you know, like give people confidence in Bitcoin value. I think we may already be there, dude. Huh? We're already past there. I dude. Are you that Be much confident? I mean, being in the mining industry, the amount of capital that's being dumped in it now yeah. and the incentives. But what if they have like three, like, okay, assuming a zero block reward, what if there is 3000 transactions by day? How many of them are going to be burned? I mean, how... I don't find that plausible. 3,000? Like, like, my point is, like... And then, if again, you assume it goes back to the stakeholders, right? Then you see, like, the hodlers who aren't That's mining, who aren't looking at code... They wouldn't naturally see it like, all right, maybe I need to spend something to, like... Maybe that's my tax for living within the system. That, 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 that's... Like, to assume that nobody... I assume, like... That's, that's to assume 3,000 people, they were making transactions. Hmm. Exchanges would make more than that one day. I don't know. Unless like, you're BitMEX. I mean, BitMEX is the only one batching, right? Batching is that's hard. Like, I... Like, I should... Should God batching a batching library for people? Uh, um, that's 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 how how do we get to this equilibrium or guaranteeing we have the same level level of hash rates uh, after block subsidy exhaustions and maybe due to block um, mining costs being marginal, becoming more marginal and energy being cheaper, or it's maybe like people. Having one on-chain transaction and more value of it, lightning, that's something we should be concerned as a community. No, you're, I mean, this is something I think about a lot. And, like, I actually don't worry about it. A lot of people, like, and I've been called out for not worrying about it. I don't worry about a fee market because I just think, again, the, the secondary and tertiary effects that Bitcoin has on other industries that Bitcoiners who are so focused on the protocol don't realize is Because you have a constant demand. I mean, I mean there is like a $30 transactions people doing on-chain transactions are mostly H funds and there is no like 3000 H funds in the world or something like but you can, can also we do like some kind of Fermi but you could also onload people directly onto lightning and then yeah. if even if you're doing that if they're not making on-chain transactions and their HTCLs um, or LCs excuse me uh, 
the provider that's doing that will be doing that, right? Can, can you shortcut your arguments? Like, even if people are onboarded onto Lightning yeah. directly, they never touch on-chain. Uh, the way huh. that, like, the person who onboards them is going to ma- be making on-chain transactions. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you, can, you can combine... Um, you know, I, I was working on this uh, coin pool ID idea. Uh, yeah, I was like, I thought we weren't going to get to coin pool. <laughs> I love coin pool. <laughs> okay, so... It's, it's similar to coin swap. So no, 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 it's, it's completely different. Uh, I know, it's second layer. It's not, it's not protocol layer. The point is, like, it... Even if you assume like everyone is using lightning, you need Schnorr for this, correct? Oh. <laughs> you need a bunch of things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, one of my uh, concerns is um, yeah, even if everyone is using lightning at some point, you have like some kind of UTXO set scanning bottleneck. Which, which means it's going to be a high cost for a full node uh, verifying the whole, whole things. And you want some way to aggregate channel. You know, there is this idea of channel factories. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a paper that has been published by um, Christian Decker in 2018 or 2019. And the way we are using one base layer transactions and from then we are going to find out multiple channel funding output. Currently, uh, CoinPool is exploring the same way and we are considering another assumption. Um, the issue with the tree construction like Shiner Factory is, is doing, if you, if you fall on chain the whole tree, like other people who are siblings of the trees, will have to pay the price to close their channels and join another channel factories. So you're basically consolidating a bunch of users into one transaction. That transaction is pretty malleable via Merkle tree, depending on who wants to hop Coinful, out of the Coinful coin pool instead of doing a, a tree of transactions, we are going to encode the transaction tree in a Merkle tree, in the taproot Merkle tree we are working on deploy, or designing, purposing. Yeah. So that's the question I had when I first looked at it. Like, so you have this Merkle tree. Yep, and, and every lift of the Merkle tree. And you have many users involved in it, correct? Exactly. And if one pops- It's a fancy multi-party channel. If one's like, hey, I want to take my money and go home, uh-huh. it just adjusts the Merkle tree. Exactly. But like, does that create a UTXO for that person who goes home? Say it again. Does that create like a transaction for that person who goes well, home? Well, if you want to go go out of the pool, it means going on chain, right? Or yeah. You, 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 uh, a pool, if we are designing this flexible enough, you should be able to open channel with anyone being participant of the pool. Or you might, you know, we are reassuming with Gleb that lightning is cool. Uh, Lightning might be 80% of Bitcoin traffic in the coming decade, at the end of this decade. It might be not the only protocol, like, you know, people are working on vaults, people are working on coin swaps, people are working on DLCs. And, you know, I'm a bit involved in in DLC specs, that's a cool project. Um, Like, 
as we are doing more fancy protocols, we flexibility is somehow an enemy of privacy. Because doing transactions which are expressing more, like including some con contract or option protocol, are leaking more information. And I'm really concerned if you have like, you know, internet, it's like tens, hundreds of different protocols. Mm -hmm. If we have a Bitcoin ecosystem with 10 different protocols, you have to, and you imagine like people like, you know, like I have this lightning channel, I'm closing this lightning channel and I'm sending funds to a vault. And now like people can use lightning formations and the expressivity of your Bitcoin vault scripts to learn information about yourself. Because the scripts only accept. Like, let's say Miniscript is awesome, right? Because it lets you encode, like, easier, safe policy. Let's say I'm the only guy using a, a, a 95 relative time locks. It's going to be obvious. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> if you... It, so standardization even though it may be scary to some people, maybe actually be. Flexibility is somehow urging privacy and how we do solve this, it's still a painting issue. So is this just like a dick measuring contest between developers on which standardization is better? No, it's more about, I'm 100% about people uh, doing vaults, uh, people using relative time locks. I just want to be sure that we, you know, like on the current internet, uh, there is a lot of, privacy attacks on the using different protocols or Oracle, you know, like your genius, uh, DNS request or mm -hmm. even at networks, like weird, weird stuff. Every protocol we are going to support on Bitcoin is going to be, is might be, might leak informations, might be harmful for privacy, right? So with CoinPool, um, with Gleb, we consider both like, first, how do we scale? You know, how do we scale lightning channels opening and closing? It's basically a batching trend. Sentence, yeah, yeah, right. so first like, trying to come with a solution more optimized than channel factories. And we are trying to consider also like, how do you avoid like, privacy leaks between protocols? Because you might not care about your privacy on Lightning, but you really care about your privacy on vaults because on your vaults you have your saving. It's kind of saving accounts. Yeah. And switching from one to another, like, yeah. Yeah. So. My mind just got put in a press. I'm like, ah, I can't even like, I just have like a. Yeah, and every protocol, um, every protocol uh, designers, we, we, you may do the work uh, using cool privacy tech like Taproot trees, scriptless scripts. With CoinPool, we are trying to come with a you know, like solving privacy once for all or pri so some level, not, not perfect, there is no thing, but and it will be like some kind of 1.5 layer between the base layer and the layer two. 
What would that 1.5 layer just be? Just the Merkle tree within the HTLC? Well, 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 where the top script of your Merkle tree will be a finding out point of your channel, of your mining channel. Okay. So the information of who's involved in that Merkle tree would be hidden in your funding transaction? Yeah. Grossly, yes. Yes. That's, uh, I mean, it's more like... And so everybody's getting in this one transaction. Everyone you is can't tell who's in it. You commit funds to a pool, mm -hmm. and then you have like this multi-party channel with everyone as a balance, and the balance is enforced as a leaf of the tap script. As a, as well, a leaf of the tap. That's uh, what confused me. Like when you're updating that, when people are pulling their money out. Yeah. Like, do you? How do you not deprecate privacy on the way? Like you're just creating like. You you don't like you don't know who is exiting from the pool. Okay, right. but at the end when the pool's done, will you know how many people were in it? Well, the pool may be forever or maybe for a long time, mm -hmm. and I may have multiple shards. Like, how do you know it's Alice, Bob, and Carol are not all Alice? Alice could be Bob. Yeah, and Carol could, could be just Carol. Yeah, interesting. It's it, it it's. It can be like I think we should. Uh, I'm talking with a lot of people doing privacy research, um, I think we can reuse a lot of assumption which has been made as con on conjoin and just doing off-chain conjoin. Conjoin is some fancy off-chain conjoin. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I thought you compared it to CoinSwap because CoinSwap seems superior to me in that where it's like, hey, me and you're going to integrate or we're going to CoinSwap. CoinSwap is more like is. Here, I'm going to give you an address that you send yeah, this to. You give and me you are an going address. to exchange scholar like in yeah. an option way. I think CoinPool is just like, we are just trying to increase um, the offer, the privacy offer. And one of my concerns with CoinGen or CoinSwap, it's going to be more, too much expensive. For the yeah. average. Is that scalable? Well, it's if you want a lot of privacy, you, you will burn a lot in fees. Uh, that's, and coin. I I think. Okay, that's if you use Whirlpool, be careful of like uh, uh, the pools you're getting into. The fees okay. are not cheap. This sentence has not been back, uh, backed by any scientific research, but I think CoinSwap is going to be better than CoinPool, but less deployable, like harder to get used by user. Just because the UTXO. Yeah, on-chain fees. It's too much. Yeah. How, how do we design a scalable privacy system? Com you know, like the design we offered with Gleb was just an attempt. It's years, years before we have anything uh, looking like this. Uh, it is just like, that's a real discussion we should have. Uh, how do we design privacy for the average, average guy? How, how do you design, which is economic incentive? Compatible with, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. I like coin. Hopefully, coin pools easier too. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, there can be a GUI put on the, the yeah. taproot mini script, whatever it is. It's like, hey, do you want Marty? You can have any GUI you want. <laughs> <laughs> I want the best GUI that's ever been made. I'm not just. I'm not being the guy creating it. You're <laughs> laughing at me, CLI fan over here, but. That's what's no, gonna, uh, that's what's gonna make this shit happen. Yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, your, your point is like, how do we design like 
how do you abstract all that? Secure. I mean, how do you abstract that Merkle tree? That's the question, right? Yeah, that's part. Like you know, I was talking about a dystopian lightning. Uh, I'm not sure if that much a good UX choice. Uh, the people are, are saying, you know, you shouldn't be worried about channel. You know, you should like. I want to send money to someone. It doesn't matter about the routing power. If users don't understand channel and if uh, the default autopilot of it is picking up channel for them, well, if I'm your LSP, I can censor your transaction. Right. So you have this trade-off between how much, you know, how much knowledge you assume in your user and how much censorship-resistant payment you offer them. Yeah, but it's like, doesn't software like the Bitcoin wallet tracker where you can just do a plugin into your node and it makes pulling yeah, this data yeah, yeah, for a lot sure, easier? For sure. How do you design things like Bitcoin wallet trackers? We are like uh, keeping a lot of privacy. Well, it's just your Electrum wallet being connected to full node. So to your full node on your yeah, own that's device. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's really cool. And, and we should. Maybe you have to connect to the internet to download the plugin, but. If you verify the signatures, you do okay. it in a secure way. So most of my time is not uh, spent about um, fancy lightning attacks or privacy research. It's about uh, coding on Rust lining, <laughs> and and Rust lining is uh, the first component of the LDK. Um, and if you like, are you aware about LDK, Marley? It is ringing a bell, but I can't describe it off the top of my head right now. What do you know about it? It's just something development kit. Like, okay, if you like, you have already an ecosystem of wallets in place, right? And how do you give lightning capabilities to them? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Like, like Electrum's going through this problem right now. That's why Electrum four has been held up. Like, uh, like Electrum guys are awesome. They have awesome developers. They are. Literally developing lightning from scratch to get it into their in web. Python, right? Yeah, Python, and um, and that's you know, like we are talking about uh, lightning and how lightning may uh, solve them, you know, like provide demand for block space because you untangle the on-chain value from the payment throughput, and if you want. You know, like my one of my personal hypotheses is in the next decade we are going to see lightning, the bootstrap of lightning economy in some part of the world is going to be like single digit. It's going to be unnoticed. It's going to be unseen. It's not going to be part of any new papers deal, but it's going to be awesome, right? It's going to come out of nowhere. Exactly. People are going to be like, oh, I can use this. For First this. day there is one guy, and at the end of the week, there is a whole city. Well, that's the conversation I had yesterday with our friend Mike Peterson, who's down in El Salvador, really incepted that idea in my head is like thinking of M Pesa in Africa and like who were the first to adopt mobile technologies, particularly mobile technologies that move money. It's actually people in developed countries who are able to leapfrog. This yeah. shit because they don't have the preconceived notion of oh I need a laptop. And this you don't have the Gaussian system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and 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 like, how do we, you know, like how do we design a big swing experience 
for people who don't have a payment system right now, I think that Lightning is one part of the solution. And what we're trying to address with the ADK, it's try, trying to build this experience. And building experience me, mean like making easier for white on the ground integrating Lightning. I think like, you know, money is really a social thing and you need to adapt to every culture, country, uh, payment, like, and you don't have to adapt to every culture, but, country, payment. You, no, want, you just have to adapt to what's easiest for people exactly, to understand. Exactly, there is like different, there is different scales of it. So, so you want, we are in, uh, we envision uh, Lightning, like LDK, being a building block integrated in any wallet experience, and people who should be able to design the Lightning experience they need to. If you want zero conf channel, you should be able to do too. Yeah, well, I would analogize that to like any human on earth, regardless of where you're from, your educational background, or your understanding of Bitcoin, Bitcoin and lightning for them should be like somebody who's thirsty and needs water, sees a river running and they know like a river running produces clean potable water. Yeah. Like Bitcoin and it's software built on top of that should be like that. Like, Hey, I need to move money around the world. I recognize this network does that. Yeah, and you know what's fascinating? Like, with Lightning, it's fascinating because um, the way we bootstrapped um, markets economies in Europe, uh, it has been a long process starting in the uh, 11th century somehow. And what were the tools of merchants? You know, like what are the tools of merchants in Venetia, Jena, and uh, Seattle, and all? Basically, they were using something which is called uh, the letter of credits. Surf credits? Let letters of credits. Oh, letters of credits. Yeah, it's 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 Alice asking to Bob to pay Carol if some condition is fulfilled. On high level, the exact same mental model as Lightning. People building chain of payments. So we're just making more sophisticated. What is old is new again. Later of credits were used in merchant cities to like, okay, um, I will uh, sound like oh, what, what people were like, trading in middle age. Um, Rain for salt. Wine. 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 Yes. yes. <laughs> Very applicative to this. So okay, I'm going to, to send you like uh, one hundred uh, wine bottles like from Barcelona to Venetia. And I want to be paid, so I'm going to withdraw uh, a letter of credits from uh, a local agents, and the local agents are going to be in touch with the guy in Venetia and make its balance, his balance, uh, equilibrate uh, at the equilibrium. And and the local agent in Venetia is going to pull money from the guy receiving the, the goods. Yes. Yeah, I mean, letters of credit is not something... You're describing like channel management there. That's exactly what I... Like, we, we are, we are lacking some of using cryptographic tools to reproduce some weird middle-age tool. Well, is it a weird middle-age tool? And or is this it like weird middle-age tool has been the horsepower of market economy in Europe for a while. Yeah, I mean, and oh. so that's the question, like, is it replicating a middle-aged 
practice or is that middle age practice just like human uh like is that our natural tendency to like this is the way we agree because socially I, you know what's fascinating and this is just making it faster and more automated what's fascinating with letter of credits it was the backbone of um market economies and it was just relying on some kind of web of trust and beyond any na- national legal framework. Yeah, well, like, Carol ever show him be like, Alice did not have that money yeah, that but she I mean pulled like, from my account. Y- I'm pissed off. Y- you have, a, you have a, s- a system where people weren't, you know, I was able to do international trades without being part of the same... And what, and what made that possible? Social incentives, right? Like, ah. everybody had a gun to each other's head. It wasn't a physical. He was relying on trust. Like, he was really relying on. Yeah, but that's like. But he was working. Is there a certain level of trust that humans have historically. And we were living like. It was working on the scale of uh, Middle Age Europe. Uh, There was like a whole lot more people involved in today's economy. So so you need different ways to express trust. And cryptography is part of it. I agree. Antoine, we're three hours in. Okay. I mean, I'm really excited about naming. I mean, like, just, you know, like, providing, like, Hong Kong-style financial infrastructures with everyone pocket. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. And you, you, you don't have to be in Hong Kong to get the same level of services. Right? No. No. Thank you for doing what you do. It's three hours. Isn't it crazy that we get to do this? Or, I mean, I can't speak for you. Okay. So... This my goodbye to New York. This is my goodbye too. Okay, um, this might be my last. Oh, no, yeah, it's been like awesome year. Uh, I, uh, I I'm going to miss like Central Park. I'm going to Central miss Bashwick, and I'm I'm going to like you know like even Times Squares, which is not uh, loved by don't New York. Don't bring up Times Square. What? Yeah, sometimes like Times Square can mean a magic place. In what way? Seeing like the the depravity of humanity in, in one central place. <laughs> 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 well, it, 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 it's a goodbye, not a farewell. That's true. It's a goodbye. It's not a goodbye. It's a su- I'll see you later. I'll be back. Uh, dude, I'm happy that you've had this incredible year, and it feels like again like the the content of the discussion tonight is on stuff that you've put out over the last six to eight months and yeah yeah okay you just um, had a three-hour conversation and I, 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 still, I, I have more questions uh, i haven't uh spoken about dlc uh, i have a good news we have a clear scope for getting a 1.1 dlc spec in the next coming months it's going to happen like ho- like sherbiz guys chris nadav uh, dlc guys uh Thibault, like it's, it's it's fun stuff on top of like shout out to ben the carman yeah. too I love the short bits team. Yeah, so it's a cool guys. But I mean, I mean, like, you know, like, Bitcoin so young, and that's this huge, huge thing, like this new continent. I mean, we don't know the diameters of it, we don't know the size of it, and we should like be patient and doing stuff right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is, I think, the common thread between this podcast and the newsletter that I write is that I think more people need an exponential amount of more patience with this stuff because we're so goddamn early. Like, let's do it right or not do it at all. Patience, please. You're not going to get everything out of the box. 
it's gonna take time. Yeah, don't worry, Marty. I'm, I'm taking more crazy rides on this thing. <laughs> thing. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And this has been fucking. Thank you for being the first person to meet me in person in four months to do this podcast. I, <laughs> this has been the best, most rewarding conversation I've had in quite some time. Don't worry about the wine spill. No, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not about it is really great. <laughs> Where can we find out more about you? Okay. Where can we help you? Okay, next time I'm going to bring uh, Chateau Saint-Emilion 2005 uh, left bank. Uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I, all right, we're going to record next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, goodbye, New York. <laughs> That's all we got this week, freaks. Peace and love.